2: Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and coming to you live from SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borke, thank you for being with us. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, glad to have you along for the ride for the next three days from SEC Media Days. Ceasefire text line, regardless of where we are, is open to you at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Love to hear from you what's on your mind, what you're thinking about, if there's anything that you've heard out of SEC Media Days or questions you've got that stand out to you. today. The commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, addressed the uh, the gathered folks and the SEC network crowd at 11.30, and then uh, three teams here today. Uh, those the congregation. Three, yeah. Florida, LSU, and South Carolina. Uh, Florida got started with their rotation at 11.30, and That's then right. uh, things got started with LSU and South Carolina at 1.40. Michael Borky, what is up on a Monday? Oh, Nothing. Regular old Monday for me. All right. <laughs> Very good, man of man of many words. Uh, hey, Dad. Yeah. How's it going? What stood out for you so far
3: today? The normalcy of it. It, it really, I mean, there's still some people around in masks, and there's still some people, you know, you, you see the, the the vestiges of of COVID. But for the most part, we're all just here, and it's like we never we never missed a beat, and I like that. I like it does that very much.
2: Yeah, it, it feels like this is a little bit different year. There are fewer radio stations that have been here in the yeah. past. Uh, it's not uh, not a huge number. I think eighteen to twenty. Where in the past it's been more like thirty five to forty. Mm-hmm. They have reduced the capacity, or at least say they've reduced the capacity in the main media room upstairs. Uh, we'll I guess find out when Alabama were, gets here how much that's reduced. <laughs> I, I guess that's possible. Uh, maybe not as many tables and chairs yeah. in uh, in there as normal, but the seating arrangement was kind of like it's always been. Uh, maybe the biggest difference is you don't have fans milling about in the, uh, in the lobby, and I don't know. If that's good, bad, if it adds energy, takes energy away, whatever the uh, the story. I always like, you know, when you hear the, the cheers from the fans and
3: somebody's coming down the escalator, you know, one of their, their players or their coaches. And, and like I said, when Alabama's here, it's such a different animal with all their fans in the lobby packed in there. So my guess is some of them will find a way in. I don't know how, but they will.
2: Uh, Greg Sankey spoke earlier today, and he said some interesting things. We're going to get to uh, clips of some of those coming up in uh, a little while and some reaction and some thoughts. But he is all of a sudden not in the business of mincing words. He's still saying things carefully, but he's not uh, – maybe not being as couched as he has been at times in the past. They – I think they, they the, the, the commissioners,
3: the power brokers in this sport know – that the momentum is on their side and that, that the other side of this debate doesn't really have any any power anymore. And so they, they're, you know, sort of like, you know, when you get a little older, you can start, you know, maybe start cursing in front of your mom a little bit and you can get away with it. That's sort of where they are now. They're like, we can sort of say what we want. <laughs> it's-
2: that's a fascinating analogy you went with. Well, you know, <laughs> are you a big curse in front of your mom kind no, of guy these days?
3: Not, not, no, but I'm just saying I, I can feel free to drop one every now and then. Whereas, you know, when I was 15, that would have been met swiftly with, with retribution. Backhand? Oh, yeah. Yeah?
2: Oh, yeah. When's the last time your mom backhanded you? Uh gosh. It, I was
3: a teenager. Did you deserve it? Oh, absolutely. No question. 100%.
2: So we'll uh, we'll get to some of what Greg Sankey had to say. Barrett Salee will join us as well from CBSSports.com. Kind of a, a wide-ranging conversation with him. Spend some time on LSU, heres here, is here uh, who is here today. LSU, to me, is one of the most fascinating teams in the SEC, but it's a year where there are a lot of fascinating storylines in the league. We talked about some of those on Friday as we were uh, uh, kind of – easing toward the start of SEC Media Days. Matt Moscona will uh, sit down and join us for a a couple of segments and talk uh, about the LSU team on the field, off the field, coaching turnover, change, all of those things. And then Ross Dellinger will join us in the, uh, the 5 o'clock hour today. Ross wrote a pretty interesting piece today at uh, at Sports Illustrated, talking some about what Greg Sankey was going to say. I don't know if he had a, a copy of the script, but basically months of interviews insider with, trading. with college commissioners and Greg Sankey in particular. And it's like each time there's been another kind of layer pulled back and pulled back and pulled back a little bit more. And so we'll uh, we'll get to that coming up as well. Ceasefire text line. What's this about Richard on a horse? It's not a real horse. The merry-go-round, the carousel. In mag- it's in a magical way. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Brian Haydad had the idea that the uh, the video before we got started today needed to take place on the carousel in the food court. It's like a, a, a halftime food court, though. Like, normally, when you think of a food court that has restaurants and fast food opportunities in there, you would think, oh, okay, there's a Chick-fil-A, there's a McDonald's. they probably have breakfast. Not there's, so much. There's no breakfast there today. It's like a uh, midday food court.
3: You would think Chick-fil-A would just be open for breakfast. Though. I've eaten Chick-fil-A breakfast down there. I, I know that it is, has been opened in the past. 100%. So I don't know what's going on. We're, maybe that be the big. That might be the big
2: storyline of SEC Media Days. Maybe the uh, maybe the Galleria, which was one of the best malls in the entire Southeast for many, many, many years, is kind of going the way that other malls are going. Somebody described this event to me in Birmingham as Legion Field. Oh, I was like, ooh, said. The SEC needed two years playing the SEC championship game in 1992 and 1993 at Legion Field to realize that they had outgrown Legion Field and it was time to go elsewhere. I hope this top four isn't condemned. (laughs) Yeah, especially while we're up here. Let's uh, let's hope indeed that uh, that is the case. All right, so I threw a question at you a second ago. As uh, Florida is one of the teams that is here today, South Carolina is one of the teams. So two teams out of the SEC East that are here today. If Florida is not the number two team in the SEC East. I think everybody is on board with the fact that Georgia is the top team in the East. If Florida happens to not be the second best team in the East, who is? It almost
3: certainly feels like it would be Kentucky. and That would be a big jump for them. The dark horse is Missouri. Missouri is a team, when you really look at Missouri's schedule... They are a team that if think we we did you know we didn't really do them on the best case worst case the other day you didn't want you didn't want to talk about them yeah and that's fine because they're not the most interesting team but when you really look at Missouri's schedule there's there's seven wins pretty easily there there's eight that they could get and honestly there's nine that could easily happen for them as well so yeah Missouri is a team that could surprise everybody and be second in the East
2: this non conference slate for Missouri is Central Michigan Southeast Missouri. Boston College that's a road game in Chestnut Hill in North Texas. Their conference games obviously playing the teams in the east. They go to Kentucky, they host Tennessee, they host Texas A&M, they go to Vanderbilt, they go to Georgia, host South Carolina, host Florida and finish up on the road at Arkansas. Are, are you ready to go like 5 and 3? Possibly. I mean Georgia in the
3: league Georgia, no. Other than Georgia, what is the game for Missouri where you're just like, no chance? Florida, maybe? But that's at at Missouri late in the season? Texas A&M. Texas A&M, yeah. that's That's no go. But other than that, everything else is
2: doable. So the two West opponents from Missouri are Texas A&M. That's the rotating opponent, and Arkansas. That's the permanent cross division. That's actually something that seems to be getting a little bit of play as we look around the SEC. We kind of hear people talking: Is it time to either the next
3: thing on the agenda?
2: Add another game or get rid of the cross division opponent?
3: I feel I am on team.
2: Get rid of the cro- of
3: the. I'm on team. Get rid of the divisions. I think the best two teams record-wise should play. I think you should have the three permanents and the five rotating. And everybody gets to play everybody in a four-year span. And that way, you know, a, a freshman comes in, he will go to everywhere in the SEC in his four-year career at, at wherever. And that's the way, that's the way for me.
2: I, I believe that, you know, divisions, they just don't work for me. So you're saying it doesn't make sense to have a division period if right. you're only going to play 3 Especially, teams every year out of your division?
3: Right. And then you have like geographically we have Missouri in in the east. They're the furthest west team in <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're the furthest west team in the conference. So like what is what, 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 there's no ge- there's no geography to it. There's no uh, rhyme or reason. Just just t- play 14 teams and figure it out.
2: As we sit here, and I know we did this on Friday a little bit, what's the most interesting thing for you this week as we look at the 14 teams and hear from the commissioner and kind of look around and see the landscape? What What's the story that grabs you that's fascinating, maybe that you thought about over the weekend that it wasn't right there on the tip of your tongue? Or is there anything that's a surprise? With today especially, you know,
3: and talking to Matt Moscone, what a great interview we have with him later. The depth of what's happening at LSU is something you don't really think about. You just think about their football team and are they going to be better, are they going to be worse. There's a lot more going on at LSU than just football right now that you don't really think about.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Just getting started day one from SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama. We're going to hear some of what the commissioner had to say earlier today and react to that with you next. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and online at supertalktv.com.
4: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. So far this afternoon, the ride home running fairly smoothly with no current reported accidents or congestion. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
6: today. All month long, we're celebrating the red, white, and blue with huge savings to you at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. Nothing is more American than shopping for a great deal. And we're offering some of our best ever on our new vehicles throughout the month of July. Get 0.9% financing for 63 months on new 2021 Mazda CX-9s. That's right. 0.9% financing. Or choose 0.9% financing for 60 months on new 2021 Mazda CX-5s. Plus, you get your first year of oil changes on us. Credit problems? Not at Mazda Jackson. No one works harder to get you approved than our team of credit specialists. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Have a trade? Bring it in. And we'll give you top dollar for it even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And as always, buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. So come celebrate the red, white, and blue and save big while doing so only at Mazda of Jackson where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991- 2222 today. Mazdaofjackson.com For the free like a see dealer for details.
7: Half off, half the store, this Thursday and Friday only. DNS Diamonds and Jewelry is offering half off, half the store, with savings from 10 to 39% on the other half. Rings, pendants, earrings, even bracelets are included in this first ever event. Don't miss the half off savings on half the store this Thursday and Friday only, July 22nd and 23rd, at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street, across from Marigo in Flowood.
5: The best made to order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. That's 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283.
8: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to The Ben Shapiro Show weekday nights starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3. Super Talk Jackson.
9: Can you feel it?
1: Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Ceasefire yeah. text line 601-879-4395. This <laughs> 662 says, Could you please do one segment as Ogeron and Mullen? Well, I don't know if that's a good idea or not.
3: I think it's a great idea. Ratings. You and I draw them in.
2: You say so. <laughs> uh, that's probably as far as we're going to go, Louie. Let's dive in and see, hear some of what um, what Greg Sankey had to say. Michael Borky, I know you listened earlier today. And before we kind of get into some of these these smaller clips, what stood out to you from the I thought this was a little bit different Greg Sankey today than we've heard in the past. He
10: still used a lot of words to say almost nothing but almost <laughs> is the key word, especially around the future of college sports and the NCAA and how it needs to be governed moving forward and then something that, you know, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole today. I don't even remember if I included this in the cut, but his... No, I did, actually. His strongly worded letter to the NCAA that he penned in, December, in December... yeah. ...about how they need to be faster with their investigations and all that stuff. Uh, where was that energy a few years ago?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you mean when there was a school that spent five years being
10: investigated? But it's not even just all... I mean, if you look at... And, you know, call me conspiracy guy, whatever um not too terribly long ago, but it's been a few years Olmis had a five-year investigation. Missouri got three sports in a postseason ban through a long and winding investigation because a tutor did some extra work for some students and they got a th- they got three sports in a postseason ban and that took a long time as well. we heard nothing. But suddenly, Tennessee and LSU are in the NCAA's crosshairs, and oh, buddy, do we have to speed up the process? Because this just isn't right.
2: There may be there may be something to that. That's I'm very conspiracy. I'm aware. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering if if the Ole Miss and Missouri things were like the tipping point where it was so ridiculous, and so and frankly, LSU current. That has dragged out for now. He, he talked about it today. What going back to part of 2016? So yeah. we're five years in, and still not to a resolution. I just wonder if it's gotten to the point where you throw up your hands and go, you know, a long time on an NCAA investigation used to be 18 months to maybe two years, yeah. And now we've got multiple investigations that have lasted three plus years, including two that have gone over five years, and, and it's like
3: not fair to anybody. I mean, you, you might be something to that. That. And, and and I get what Borky is saying, and it does appear to be a double standard. But maybe that's where he said, "Hey, look, these two things have happened. That can't happen again." And that's why he's saying something now. So it's just you know, the timing of it looks looks bad. But I I, I get what you're saying. It could be right. He could be right.
2: All right, Bork. So what we start with Greg Sankey and his thoughts on what the future.
10: So, We'll start with the name, image, and likeness
11: situation and the future of college sports. I actually think there was some really good stuff here. The Supreme Court issued its decision in the Alston case, making it clear that the status quo in college athletics is not an option. And on July 1st, student-athletes began their activity around name, image, and likeness opportunity. All of that illustrates our reality that we must change. But as we think about change, we must also remember that not everything is broken around college sports. We need a reminder about the many positive realities that don't receive full or accurate attention. Because we need to work, we need to understand what works well and what needs to be sustained as we look towards a future in this expectation of change. So let's start with the Olympics. According to the United States Olympic Committee and Paralympic Committee there are 613 United States Olympians, 463 of those had a college athletics experience. And that will include 80 current or former SEC student athletes and we're one of three conferences where all 14 of our universities will be represented, represented uh, by at least one Olympian. And there's not a football player among that group. Our national college sports system makes that happen. If you change college sports, you change our Olympic development and support system in this country. So the Olympic
2: tie-in is an interesting one, and maybe he's just using those numbers to illustrate, and and he does remind you that that does not include any football players. Right. So so unless there's a track track athlete that's a football player out there. There's a balancing act here. I mean, he, he doesn't... What want to come across too negative when he says they're changing? He by the way went with Bob Dylan. This is uh, opening quote: "Times they are changing." And, and, you know, tough scene. Kind of included it extensively. Yeah. That is Bob Dylan, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, is there a need to balance this and to talk about all the good on the backside, or or do you just go the negative route? Well,
3: I mean, in his business, obviously, you have to talk about the positives. In our business, the negatives are sort of what sell. But he is right in that, and, I, and I don't, I'm not as big picture as Greg Sankey or anything, but in in a, a month and, uh, and some change, we're all going to go to the football stadium, and for three hours, we're just going to lose ourselves in these games. Right. And that's the positive of it for me. It's like, I understand everything else. You know, it's like sausage, right? I don't want to know how it gets made. I just want to eat it. It's like, so... That's all. That's all it is. It's the same thing. It's I'm going to go to the games. I'm going to enjoy them, but yeah, there's obviously some negatives, but the positives are there too, and we do need to talk about
2: them. Borky, you said there were some things in that first clip that really stood out to you as interesting. What what stood out specifically?
10: He very clearly thinks that college athletics should not be governed the way it currently is anymore. And he talked about it in his speech a lot, and then quotes from Ross Dellinger that came out earlier today. I think that pointing out the Olympic thing is right for, for a couple of reasons. One, some of the propositions, because today he called on Congress to act again. Well, well, there are people in Congress that want revenue sharing, And that will destroy college sports, absolutely destroy them. The Olympic thing that he's talking about, no more Olympic sports on campuses if we're doing a 50% revenue share. You You can go ahead and get rid of them. They're gone. So on one hand, you're calling on Congress to do something, and when you see what they're trying to do, it's counterintuitive to what you're calling on them to do. So that's at least interesting to me. But also that's why name, image, and likeness was the perfect solution, because you can preserve those sports and preserve the collegiate model while also doing right by the people that are actually generating all the revenue. Because I want there to be volleyball teams, and I want there to be track and field teams and rifle and all the opportunities that we can afford to young people to go to college for free. Every single sport's a great thing. But if you're calling on Congress to fix it, look at what some people in Congress want to happen. Well, That'll make it worse. And
2: it's like we're finally willing to call a spade a spade, at least from this standpoint. We can look at college athletics and go, it's not all the same, which is kind of what Mark Emmert was saying on Friday, and we talked a little bit about that. College football in the SEC is not the same as ACC, women's college soccer. College basketball in the ACC is not the same as Big 12 field hockey or wrestling. Or, or, or whatever. So, and, and, and frankly, I don't want to call a single school by name here because it'll be wrong, but Alabama football is not the same as football at Old Dominion. It's, it, it's just not. Yeah. And it's like we've finally gotten to the point where we feel like we can say that. Yeah. And it... it I don't know if it's NIL or what the Supreme Court has said that has been like the the tipping point or the linchpin or the little nudge at the edge of the cliff that kind of gets the ball rolling maybe it's all of those I things think
3: you go back to last year and not having and the summer that we had where everybody had to focus on these kind of issues that's what that's what got this going I think if we, if there was never a pandemic I don't know how much of everything we're experiencing today happening ever happens.
2: We got time for another one before the break, Borky, or do we need to hold that till after? We afterward. need
10: to hold
2: it. Yeah, just uh, not enough time. All right. I will. Uh, let's talk about COVID when we come back, because the SEC is certainly making a push to have its student athletes get vaccinated. Let me give you a little inside information. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks what schools say about what they are doing to try to convince their student athletes to get vaccinated because you know the staying you can use a carrot or you can whip you use a carrot or a whip you, you, you can't whip this thing into compliance but there's some carrots that may be out there that will work here's the other thing though similar to what we've seen in the NFL the whole threshold for percentages of it, once you get to this percentage, then you're free to do whatever, mm-hmm. those are about to go away. Yeah. Those are about to go away, and it's going to be as simple as this. If you've been vaccinated, live your life. Play your sport. Travel with your team. If you have not been vaccinated, life is about to be a living hell. That's what's about to happen. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll hear more from Greg Sankey after this.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Showers and thunderstorms likely today, high near 87. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms as well, low around 72. Your Tuesday, 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 86. And for your Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms likely under partly sunny conditions, high near 89. This weather brought to you by No-Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No-Drip difference is all about. No-Drip Roofing and Construction, online
0: at NoDripMS.com.
5: Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Shrimp. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Fresh Gulf Oysters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland just past Lake Harbor Drive.
14: 601-790-9407. Integrity, honesty, contractor pricing, and statewide delivery. That's why contractors count on Prassel Lumber Company in Ridgeland. The whole staff at Prassel Lumber have years and years of building industry knowledge. So you get your questions answered right the first time. They can supply all your job needs, large or small, from structural and framing to plumbing all the way to finishing. Remember, if we don't stock it, we'll special order it for you. Come by Prassel Lumber on Highway 51 in Ridgeland today. And be sure and like us on Facebook. That's Prassel Lumber.
16: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The number of new COVID-19 cases tripled over the weekend when compared to the previous weekend. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says if you've had COVID before, your natural immunity has probably decreased.
8: One of the things that's tricky about Delta, it looks like if you've had COVID like last year during the initial surge, that your your previous natural immunity isn't that great. Um, But the vaccine actually, fortunately, is better
16: um, than the natural immunity. Dobbs said up to 96% of cases are in unvaccinated individuals. And a man who was wanted in Arkansas for allegedly shooting the mother of his three children was killed by police at a hotel in Canton over the weekend. Quentin Bogard had barricaded himself in a room on Saturday, and during a three-hour standoff, he fired at officers. The circumstances that led to the standoff are still being investigated. Get your news on the go by downloading the Supertalk Mississippi app. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News.
2: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every day for the college football fix driven by Ford. Ford builds the SUVs and trucks of the future for everyone. Like Explorer and Expedition, these SUVs are built to command the road. And the 2021 Ford F-150, Smart tough and built to get the job done because the vehicles of the future aren't built for a few, they are built for America. Drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today and don't miss the college football fix driven by Ford.
17: The Mississippi State Medical Association presents the Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala. Celebrate the COVID-19 champions who have worked tirelessly over the past year to serve the people of Mississippi. With nominees that include small, nonprofit and corporate businesses, education, community and military leaders as well as healthcare professionals the Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala presented by the Mississippi State Medical Association on August 14th at 7.30 p.m. at the Jackson Convention Center. To get tickets or become a sponsor, go to msmaonline.com hh21.
1: From hunting and fishing to just about anything outdoors here in the Magnolia State, That work. that work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get
17: that memo? Yes,
18: sir.
2: Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Monday afternoon, day one of SEC media days from the Winfrey Hotel, the Hyatt Regency, the Galleria, Hoover. I don't even know what they call themselves anymore. A bit of an identity crisis with the uh, the old hotel. A little bit. Let's uh, let's stick with, uh, with changing, what Greg Sankey was saying. So we talked a little bit about name, image, and likeness. Let's go to the cut where he talks about COVID and testing and protocols and whatnot. This was Greg Sankey
11: earlier today. Right now, 43% of our football teams, that's 6 of 14, have reached the 80% threshold in roster vaccination. That number needs to grow and grow rapidly. We have learned how to manage through a COVID environment, but we do not yet have control of the COVID environment. And that finds us preparing to return towards normal this fall. But we see realities around us. Olympians are removed from participation because of positive COVID tests. The Yankees-Red Sox game last Friday was postponed. And sadly, our colleagues at North Carolina State weren't able to continue the competition in the College, ser- college World Series, which we cherish competition, particularly at that time of the year. But each reminds us of the need to be vigilant about our health. Maybe
2: the more interesting part of that, reminders aside, was when Seth Emerson from The Athletic asked the first question of the Q&A portion of that, and he said, I'm very much paraphrasing, basically those said, are forfeits going to be part of the schedule this fall. Borky, it was one of those moments where you said Greg Sankey used a lot of words and said a little. That is correct. He used a lot of words. But what he ultimately said was, yeah, yeah, four fits are going to be part of it. And, and he talked about the fact that they didn't schedule in the extra week or two like they did last year. I was told over the weekend, and this is kind of a working concept, But I think it's really close to what we're going to end up with. If you have three positives within your football program in a seven-day period, then the program will shut down for a week. Guess what that means? Unless it's your open date, you're about to not play a football game. And if you cannot play a game, it will be a forfeit, which means you will take a loss and the other team will get a win. Period. And that's kind of what I was going to a second ago before we went to the break with with the whole carrot or the whip thing. You can look at it however you want to. Hey, if you have everybody vaccinated, you're probably not going to have three cases pop up in a seven-day span, and therefore you're going to be able to play your games. And if you don't, here's the punishment. We're not going to call it punishment. We're just going to call it a consequence. But that's the way they're approaching this. Is that the right way to approach this? Well, it guarantees that teams
3: are going to get vaccinated. Because nobody, no coach is going to sit up there and say, "Yeah, we've got to forfeit this week." That that's going to lose a job. Oh, something like that. That's that's going to be considered mismanagement of your program at that point. I mean, is there any doubt? He said what? 6 for the 14. I don't I don't know them all. 6 of the 14 are at 80%. 80%. Is there any question in your mind that Alabama is one of those teams? Um I'm surprised that you're hesitating. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. There's I, no question in my mind that Nick Saban is not going to allow a variable to, dot, to, to have any control over his program. He's going to tell his guys, I can't tell you not to get vaccinated or you're off the team, but get vaccinated or you're off the team. thats I guarantee something like that is happening at Alabama. It's going to have to happen around the SEC because nobody is going to want to be the coach who has to call his SIDs, has to call a press conference that says, we're not playing this week because we had too
2: many COVID positives. Borky, there were a couple of – I didn't hear these in real time. I saw them on Twitter. Both Dan Mullen and Ed Ogeron were asked about vaccination rates on their team, and they're like, yeah, I don't know what the specific – or or we're not going to get into specifics or don't know what the specific number is, you know, whatever it may be. But they're like, oh, it's it's a lot, though. Is that the standard answer we're going to get all week? Unless you have a team that's like – Almost completely. I mean, if, if 81 of your 85 players have had it, and I was a head coach, I'd be like, yeah, we're at about 94%. We've got a handful of guys that have held out for one reason or another. We're trying to work through that and make sure that it makes sense.
10: I don't think you'll get that kind of honesty. I mean, I think there's probably some legality to it as well. I mean, I don't even know if you're going to get a coach to to say that they're over, although maybe you will. I, I did take those non-answers as they're not there yet, but maybe that's just a, a cynic in me. But when it's, yeah, you know, we've got a lot, that tells me that we don't have enough. And I mean, it hasn't happened immediately in the NFL. I mean, the NFL is heavily tracking these. Obviously, the SEC is as well. And like you mentioned before, NFL players are going to be put through hell if they do not have it. They will have to travel separately. They will be tested every single day. All of their protocols will be worse than last year's. And that didn't immediately cause a spike in every team to get over the threshold and not be tested anymore. Yeah, There's still reluctance there in the NFL. So, I mean, it's going to have to get to a point where it's like, And a lot of people will disagree with this, but it's going to get to a point where they will say, you cannot practice, you cannot play unless you get it. And if you don't, that's too bad. That's where it's going to lead because if college players or anything like the NFL, the whole, well, you're going to have to get tested more, it's not incentive enough for some of them. I had
3: somebody tweet at me today and they said, could could athletes opt out if they don't want to get vaccinated? I was like, "I'm, I'm sure they can. But what are you opting out to? Because you're just going to come back to the exact same set of guidelines. You're going to opt out, and then next year I'm like, well, you still need to be vaccinated. At some point, you're just going to have to stop playing the sport. They're not going to let you opt out forever. So, yeah, this this is that's this is the kind of rules that are going to make it to just steal a phrase officially unofficial that you have to be vaccinated to play football in the play sports in the SEC.
2: I'm trying to decide how to read this text because I actually think it's a relevant question on the C Spire text line. Um, I'll use the phrase that Greg Sankey used today. He used the term underrepresented. He was talking about hiring practices for athletic positions, so from underrepresented groups. So how can you make underrepresented group play. I'm sorry I can't I can't do this I can't fake this How can you make African American players get vaccinated without it sounding racial Statistically they're the ones most leery of getting the shot So that's that's reading the text but, but let me let me tell you something I ask I actually asked about this question because I was trying to figure out Among student athletes not getting vaccinated who is it Yeah Because your assumption is That that is the case. I was told that is not actually the case. The group of students, student-athletes, who are most readily getting the vaccine, getting the shot, are those who are middle-of-the-road from all socioeconomic and racial backgrounds. Very much a a middle-class, white, black, brown, etc. Those who are choosing not to get the vaccine, at least to this point, are people that come from low socioeconomic groups Mm -hmm. and those who come from affluent socioeconomic groups. And so it's opposite ends of the spectrum where there is pushback on both sides going, no, not me, whether it is out of fear or entitlement or ignorance or sound medical reasoning. But it's the group that is not on either end of the spectrum in the middle that is being vaccinated at the highest rate. That sort Can of line- I say that carefully enough that yeah, offending so.
3: anyone? That sort of lines up politically, though, too, if you think about it. You know, who are the people you see pushing back against the vaccine? People, and there are some people who are like, this fluent. you see them on TV every night saying, don't get vaccinated.
2: So, yeah,
3: I believe that. I believe those stats.
2: Orky, did you see the story today out of Indiana? So, Indiana University... Is requiring all of its students to be vaccinated. There was a legal pushback on this, and a federal judge upheld that Indiana could demand that its students be vaccinated. Well, that I was mean, a little shocking to me. It was,
10: but when you think about it, I mean, I know it was a long time ago when you guys went to college. Recently, I was in college, <laughs> and uh, um, I had to take multiple. I had to provide proof of all kinds of stuff, screenings, vaccines that I had taken in my life in order to go to college. And so if that is already allowed, that, that doesn't surprise me at all.
2: Isn't the pushback, though, that it's not something that's FDA approved at this point? Yeah, I mean, isn't the that the argument
10: against situation? I mean, the full proof won't happen until the end there of are the fall.
3: Just, there are some people who are just against it. Well, I understand that. But does anybody not get a polio vaccine? I don't think so. Real quick. He mentioned the College World Series. You know who won
2: that and won the national title, right? Sports Talk Mississippi, Mississippi streaming at superdoc.fm. FM. We'll be back to wrap up the four o'clock hour. Excuse me, the three o'clock hour right after this. <laughs>
4: From the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. So far this afternoon, the ride home running fairly smoothly with no current reported accidents or congestion. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. The best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
10: COVID-19 has had a profound effect on the workplace. As organizations adapt, R.J. Young is here to help. We provide the key technology solutions
15: to power your business while ensuring safety and productivity in the workplace. Visit
19: rjyoung.com slash COVID.
20: Watkins Construction and Roofing. They are the premier company to count on. I know that by personal experience and customer satisfaction and a professional team with the experience of a NASCAR pit crew. Plus, state-of-the-art equipment from start to finish. It also includes the Respect for your home or business with a meticulous cleanup when the job is done. For a free estimate, call the Watkins team, 601-966-8233. Or go to nomoreroofleak.com. nomoreroofleak.com.
0: Calling all college football fans, KLLM is unveiling to the public the 2021 Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State custom football tractor trailers. Thursday, July 22nd at the Embrace Baseball Game. Take pictures with your team's cheerleaders and mascots as you explore the trucks. Event gates open at 5.30 with first pitch at 6.30. Event details can be found at KLLM's Facebook page. Don't miss the college football event of the summer, July 22nd at Trustmark Park. Summer's here. Are you ready for a
8: vacation? How about a vacation from your car payment? 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Bring us your trade. We'll give you a top dollar for it. So if you're ready for a vacation, then get to Ridgeland Mitsubishi for new payments for the entire summer. Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1795 at $1999, down. 319 percent for four months. For details with approved credit.
17: The Mississippi State Medical Association presents the Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala. Celebrate the COVID-19 champions who have worked tirelessly over the past year to serve the people of Mississippi. With nominees that include small, nonprofit and corporate businesses, education, community and military leaders, as well as healthcare professionals. The Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala presented by the Mississippi State Medical Association on August 14th at 7.30 p.m. at the Jackson Convention Center. To get tickets or become a sponsor, go to slash.
1: HH21. Your midday meeting place. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, what we
19: do next?
0: Keep it moving, buddy.
1: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Sports Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Florida, LSU, and South Carolina at SEC Media Days on this Monday, day one. Tomorrow, Georgia and Tennessee in the morning, Kentucky and Ole Miss in the afternoon. We are scheduled to visit with Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss's players that will be here as well, including Matt Corral, quarterback for the Rebels, and Jalen Jones. And then on Wednesday you got Alabama and Vanderbilt in the morning with Mississippi State and Texas A&M coming up in the afternoon. And then on Thursday, things will wrap up with Missouri, Arkansas, and Auburn. A couple of second-year head coaches and a first-year head coach in Brian Harson with the Auburn Tigers. Morky, you pick. Which is easier, the uh, conversation about ESPN Plus and TV moving forward from Greg Sankey or kind of uh, future NCAA based on the letter he wrote.
10: We did talk about the NCAA letter earlier, so we'll go with uh, the ESPN Plus, which people aren't anticipating
11: how mad they're going to be about this. (laughs) Not yet, anyway. (laughs) In December, the SEC and Disney announced a forward-looking new media agreement. It represents change from our relationship with CBS, but when fully in effect in 2024, we'll actually have more games available on broadcast TV via ABC. Right now, we've had some local decision-making to place game times for games that will be distributed on ESPN+, which is an acknowledgment of our access to digital technology and use of ESPN's platform for direct-to-consumer access. And we'll still have access to ESPN's many platforms, including the SEC Network. And in 24, again, when in fully effect, we will be able to announce more game times earlier, like in the summer, so that our fans and our schools have the ability to plan well in advance of the season. Huh?
3: That that was a word, salad, with a lot of dressing on it.
10: Essentially, they will have more flexibility, or or not flexibility. They will be able to control when their games are earlier, which I honestly, I don't like that. You you shouldn't pick game times until 10 days out. Because what happens if you expect, like, let's pretend this year that Georgia and I don't know. Florida. I mean, you put the Georgia-Florida game at 230 every year. It's a bad example. But you have two teams that you think are going to be pretty good. Georgia and, and so Auburn, must... In the middle of October, you put their game in prime time. Or you put them in the 230 ABC slot. Because you think those two teams are going to be good.
2: That sounded so weird.
10: And then you get a couple of weeks into the season. They both lose some games, have some injuries. And suddenly that matchup isn't attractive anymore. And now you're stuck. With two teams that aren't very good right now in the premier
2: time slot because you had to commit to it back in July. But what about this? Since you control everything, don't you have the flexibility to go, yeah, we slated it for this, but because circumstances have changed, we're now going to move it. That's,
3: that's the way it should be. Because, honestly, the way they do it now, it's kind of fan unfriendly. You know, as a fan, you'd like to be able to look out ahead of time and say, "Hey, I can make this game. I, I want to go to a night game or whatever." And you don't know until the, the last minute, and that affects whether or not you need a hotel. It affects your track it, it affects everything. So, the flexibility here—what you just said—is a great idea because they should be able to do that. They should be able to say, "Okay, this game all of a sudden got more interesting. Let's move it."
2: Borky, did that not feel weird when you said the 2:30 ABC time slot? Honestly, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Oh, no question. Oh, it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be really, really good cool. music. Well, especially yeah. until
10: until it changes. Uh, ABC doesn't run near the amount of commercials that
21: CBS does.
10: Really? I mean, it doesn't feel like it anyway. My gosh, SEC on CBS—you have four and a half hour games. It's
21: it's true,
3: but yeah, but two and a half hour of that is Gary Danielson uh, just talking about how great Nick Saban
2: is. It's still part of the window. Yeah. Still part of the uh, part of the time window. One thing I do think that people don't maybe fully comprehend is coming yet is the whole ESPN Plus deal. We're about to go to a deal where one game per year per school is on ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. And it's designed to drive subscriptions. I mean, that's the reason. I, I think I saw where, was it ESPN Plus that just went up a dollar on its... Like from five ninety nine to six ninety nine or you know whatever the number is, which really doesn't sound like much until you start thinking about the fact that this is a per month per subscription, mm-hmm. and they're out there at about what five six seven million subscriptions. Yeah. That's seven million a month. Yeah, times twelve. That's, that's 84 good money million. If You can get it. <laughs> that's that's eighty four million, and then you realize that's only one dollar of the seven. So the other six times that yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, the whole subscription, you, you you understand why cable companies and networks and whatever have been so reticent to let go of the subscription model. Yeah. It's a good thing. It works for them. It certainly has worked. Sports Talk Mississippi with you from SEC Media Days. We will visit with Barrett Salee from CBS CBSSports.com and SiriusXM Satellite Radio when we come back, day one in Hoover.
1: This is, yeah. this, this, is this is Super Talk. This is by your true
20: professional.
22: I'm Rich Denison. President Biden says capitalism is alive and well as he discussed the nation's economy today.
4: The president said his multi-trillion dollar infrastructure proposals will help take the pressure off recent inflation. So if your primary concern right now is
1: inflation, you should be even more enthusiastic about this plan.
4: The Senate is taking a key procedural vote this week on a near $1 trillion bipartisan deal funding core infrastructure. But disagreements over how to pay for it persist.
22: Fox's Rachel Sutherland at the White House. Israeli cyber surveillance company is facing scrutiny after it was used in global hacks of smartphones.
23: The spyware called Pegasus is licensed by the NSO Group, which is based in Israel. An international alliance of news outlets says that governments use the software to target journalists as well as activists and opposition politicians.
22: Fox's Tanya J. Powers
12: America's listening to Fox News.
11: Whether it's the perfect wine, a great whiskey, or a recipe for a cool cocktail, Colony Wine Market in Madison can fill all your beverage needs. We stock more than 1,700 wines and 150 whiskeys hand-selected by our staff from all over the world.
17: And just
4: a few steps away, Colony Bistro and Wine Bar offers craft cocktails, an entire world of wines for tasting, and a terrific Southern European menu that has led Colony Bistro to be named Fast New Restaurant by the Clarion Ledger. Visit us in Colony Crossing and see what everyone is talking about.
20: I'm Andy Gibson, your Commissioner of Agriculture and Commerce. Come shop the freshest locally grown fruits and vegetables, meats, and other farm-raised products at the Mississippi Farmer's Market every Saturday from 8 to 1. While there, you can grab breakfast or lunch at the City Limits Cafe and shop our new genuine Mississippi store for unique items made right here in Mississippi. The stores also open weekdays 11 to 1 every day. All this at the Mississippi Farmer's Market, 929 High Street in Jackson, right near the fairgrounds. Y'all come see us.
16: Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The head of the Mississippi Community College Board has stepped down. The board has accepted the resignation of Executive Director Dr. Andrea Mayfield, who had served in the role since December of 2015. As the board begins the search for a new leader, Kel Smith has been named as the interim executive director. Smith has been with the board since 2008 and currently serves as the director of communications and legislative services. And former First Lady of Mississippi, Elisa Elyse Winter passed away over the weekend at the age of 95. This comes after her husband, William Winter, who served as governor from 1980 to 1984, passed away back in December. Elise is credited with playing a key role in winning the support of the public as then-Governor Winter led an effort to overhaul Mississippi's public education system. This effort culminated with the passage of the Educational Reform Act in 1984 during a special session. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. This is a big deal. Now at healthcare.gov,
0: millions more people can afford health coverage. Due to the COVID relief law, four out of five customers can get a plan for under $10 a month with financial help. For doctor visits, to preventive services, to prescription drugs. These are quality plans. You can do this. You can have coverage as soon as August 1st if you sign up now at healthcare.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
1: What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation do for Mississippi?
8: Our goal is to create opportunities for Mississippi farmers and ranchers to have a better life and make a better living. We offer education and safety programs, create scholarship opportunities, and provide health resources for our members. Not to mention our agricultural advocacy efforts. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn
24: more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org.
16: The Consumer Price Index rose by 0.9% in June, indicating that Americans are paying more for goods and services. Senator Roger Wicker called it a tax increase on every American consumer.
7: Mississippians are paying more for a tank of gas, for a gallon of milk. They're paying more for a new home, for a used car. Used car prices have shot up by... 10% 10% since May and by 45% since June of last year. That is real inflation and it affects
16: real working Americans. Wicker said the hard reality is that our economy is now saturated with a quote, tsunami of spending unleashed by the Democratic majority. And if you collect Social Security, you may see a nice increase in 2022. The Senior Citizens League predicts that due to surging inflation, a 6.1% increase could be on the horizon. If it happens, it would be the largest cost of living adjustment since the early 80s. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News. This
15: is Mississippi State Bulldog Jake Mangum. Family is everything, on the field, at home, everywhere. When I step up to the plate, it means the world that my family is behind me every swing. That's why I love my Farm Bureau family. They've got my back no matter what. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit FabRates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Bad internet is bad for business.
13: Where Mississippi comes to talk, the JT Show
1: with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 here on Super Talk, Mississippi. Sports Talk, Mississippi. Sports Talk, Mississippi.
4: Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Yes.
1: Sports Talk, Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Oh, touch that here on Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: so cbs sports is i guess real employer television real online employer.
24: well i mean
21: that's it's
24: like if honestly multiple are, jobs is this are any of us really employed that's We're just kind of screwing around all day long. Fairly but important. no, cbssports.com. And look, I'm all dressed up today because I have to do TV HQ? on HQ like all go. day long. The king of gym shorts on the airplane had to put on a suit today. I, dude, so I put my suit on today for the first time in a year and a half, and I tried to button it.
2: No. And I was like, oh,
24: dang it. <laughs> yeah, but you worked That's out like good. 17 days I know how that we, goes. Apparently
3: not well enough. I know how that goes. Do you? Yeah. Working out 17 no, days a no. week or trying to <laughs> Trying to shirt to get you there, yeah.
2: Hey, so I'm glad <laughs> that we're visiting with you today, Barrett. I, I've read and listened to some of your thoughts on LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think a lot of LSU this year. And on one hand, I absolutely can see it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure there's middle ground. I there's think, not. I think exactly. it's either there or it explodes in the most spectacular fashion possible so
24: you're a hundred percent right so i look at lsu this year not to go back to my alma mater it's gene chizik pre-2012 right I mean, he's over there he's, yeah, he's just he's he's sitting right, right there. there no it is you <laughs> okay know, you know make or break yeah it is what it is you know it can go south in a hurry it can go it can be really really good so why can it be really good Jake Pete is a fantastic offensive coordinator and he's gonna do exactly what he did with Joe Brady. I think Steve Ensminger, like it didn't it didn't rub off on Steve Ensminger the way it probably should have. So that's why the offense I think it was good last year, but inconsistent. They didn't have a lot of experience. Now healthy quarterback situation, very healthy quarterback situation, and the best wa- healthy wide receiver in the SEC. Great running back room, four starters on offense, a dynamic offense that's going to score 35 points a game, and Bo Pelini isn't there. End of defensive analysis. <laughs> that's better than it was. It's, that's yeah. a shame for Mississippi State. Well, think about, though, L- <laughs> Think about <laughs> yes, it is. Think about LSU two years ago, right? Everyone's saying, greatest team of all time. I think they might have been the greatest team of all time. Sure. Defense? Eh, it's very very it's just okay. there. It good. good. It was good. It was good. Nice little defense. That's all I mean. Honestly, that's all they have to do this year. And I know going to Tuscaloosa is tough. I think they'll win that game. I think they'll get upset because your boys Ole Miss, they're going to get somebody. They're going to get somebody. And Ole Miss were sort of the same thing. You know, high or low. It they're going to be great, they're going to be awful no middle ground. I think LSU the season as a whole kind of the same thing because if it goes south in a hurry for LSU then phew, straight down. But if they if they get some confidence early, that offense clicks, the defense isn't confused, they would be really good. You, you said healthy wide receiver.
2: Do you see Keyshawn Boutte as one of the elite wide receivers in the SEC? Yes. Although I don't feel
24: like people are really talking about him going into the year. So when he caught, you know, 500 passes for three and a half miles against, against, Ole, Miss, against Ole Miss last yeah, year. I saw that. You had a good yeah. view of that. You had a real good view of that. Did anybody pay attention outside of you? No, but like honestly like nobody 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 paid attention to it. And I think when you look at all they had to go through last year with all with, with Miles Brennan being injured and just so much other just random stuff that they couldn't deal with it, it was just all falling apart. For him to be that guy in that situation during a just abject disaster of a season. I think that he deserves it. And you, I don't want to take a whole lot from spring games because they're spring games. Tell me that dude did not look like Jamar Chase in that spring game. Yeah. He did. What Everybody's saying, okay, Max Johnson or Miles Brennan. Is the better question, does it matter? It doesn't matter. That's Yeah, that's 100% the better question because... I think Miles Brennan was really good before he got hurt. Not it, great
2: know, in the first half of the opener. Seemed to settle in. Really good yeah, for four or five.
13: Four or five games, games and, and then it and got maybe, hurt. And then
24: it got like, hurt. His spleen popped and, out. And, and <laughs> it's popped out. <laughs> Close enough, <laughs> or something like Dr. that. Cross it was not good. Oregon's just fell everywhere. <laughs> it's messy <laughs> on the field. <laughs> but no, but like, you're right. It was it, he was really really good, and because of what happened in the opener against Mississippi State, nobody really paid attention to LSU after that. You know, they go to the Missouri game two two weeks later, they lose, but Miles Brennan throws for like five hundred yards, four hundred yards, whatever it was. So. Yeah, Max Johnson, sort of the same thing. Really good. People paid attention when they beat Florida. It was like, oh, this kid's good too. So yeah, it doesn't matter who's their who the quarterback is. It's a very healthy situation. Even though it's kind of kind of crazy to think what happened with last year at LSU is a healthy situ. It produced a healthy situation, but it did. Let's turn the page a little bit to the other side of your expectation spectrum for Mississippi State. I know you're not you're not high on the Bulldogs at all this year. I know Mississippi State fans will love to hear that.
3: Well, you know that's why that's why we have you here. Is oh, that's the reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> people are gonna people will
15: hate listen Barrett. You know how it works. That's true. They hate oh, we listen. Can't,
2: we can't ever schedule you to like join us on the
24: radio. You're always busy. Yes, you can. So when you walk Just, by, it's like grab get him, and throw yes, you in. can. That is a lie. I will always answer your text. Yes, I'll say no a lot. Yeah. But, he, no, he, was, he was golfing I last week. I was kind of the week. point. I mean, oh, no, I was golfing last you week. Shoot? Oh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about the Bulldogs real quick. You're just not high on them. No, I mean, look, I don't think that the system that Mike employs is going to work in the SEC. And I know Mississippi State fans like to say, okay, it worked at Washington State. It worked at Texas Tech. They don't have lines of scrimmage like yeah. those two in the SEC. I'm talking about defensively. And really, when, when you're – foundation for a Mike Leach offense is wide splits on the offensive line. And really, offensive linemen who, let's be honest, Mississippi State is playing at a disadvantage from a talent perspective. That's that's just the way it is. It's going to be hard for for Mississippi State to consistently move the football because when, I don't know why Bo Pelini didn't want to make an adjustment in the first first game of last season, but thank God but everybody did. else did, you know, so... Um, but, and, but didn't you see improvement from them down the stretch? They, yeah, they did, for sure, absolutely. Look, I, I think improvement is one thing, improvement to be a threat in a division that I think is actually, I wouldn't say great in the sense of top-heavy, Mm-hmm. But Because I think Alabama's going to take a little step back. Not a huge step back. A little step back. But I think LSU's going to be good. I think Texas a and going to be really good. Ole Miss is really, really dangerous. And Auburn's going to be kind of solid. If you're going to be able to produce offense to stay with those teams consistently, I, I, then okay. I just don't know if, if Mississippi State can do that. So how bad do you think they're going to be? Owen uh, 12. No. no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, he had a good, oh, no serious face. Like, I was like... <laughs> no. right. Well, when you said "oh," I thought you were about to go zero and eight, but zero and twelve. No, uh, I think they'll be four and eight, five seven. If they ca- if they win their toss ups, all of them, okay, six and six, go to the bowl game. You know, and they could do that. I mean, look if, if you catch the right games, if you catch the right toss ups, you ca- get the right luck. Sure, you can win every toss up. It's yeah. fine, but I just don't. I mean, I think it would take. You that. you the NC ball- State game in week two is like maybe the difference in going? Devin to ball game and not good. Like okay. that's that's. that's I, think, I think I think uh, NC State's just kind of like. You know, kind of an afterthought for a lot of people that are, you know, out, that are in, outside of the SEC or inside the SEC. And I think they're they're okay. They're they're pretty darn solid. And when you're in Mississippi State, you're going to have to stop a pretty decent offense. What, game, was that game three? Week two, week two. two yeah, right? Week two. That's, again, you're going to ask your offense to probably score 25, 30, 35 points a game.
2: Visiting, obviously, with Barrett Salee from cbsports.com and lots of other places that you could find him as well. Um, we played a game on Friday where we did kind of best case, worst case, fall in the middle. Yeah. And the range between best case scenario and worst case scenario for Ole Miss was, <laughs> I think, second only in my mind to LSU. Like, sure. I, I had LSU at 11-1 and one on one end of the spectrum and 4-8 and eight on the other. A hundred percent. You can see that. I, I think Ole Miss is in like the 4-8 and eight to if every possible thing goes right, they're 10-2. I, yeah. I don't think
24: that's likely, but I think it... If everything works, if everything works and they catch a couple breaks, sure. You know, if their offense catches fire against the teams that it needs to catch fire against, yeah, I could see that. Uh, four and eight, I could also see one hundred percent. You so, know, I'm, I'm with I'm with you, and I think that's the interesting part about Ole Miss is that you have such a great offensive foundation where you could legitimately see them putting up a ten win season if you only look at the offense. And then you flip, flip the page to the defense and you're like, Ehh. That's what you just said about LSU. They just need to be, all right, on defense. They need to be all right. Yeah, well, just... here's the thing with what Lane wants to do. He wants to build Oklahoma yeah. like he, b- before Oklahoma had a defense yeah. where, you know, you get the best players offensively. They tear it up. You prepare them for the NFL, and you pray to God you get a decent defense. And they don't have that right now, I don't think. But decent's not exactly a high bar. Right. Well, well sure. And, I mean, to me, it's it's incremental. Yeah, like, like I mean, you, you don't have
2: to go from what the second worst defense historically in the history of the
24: SEC to a top five defense in the league. You'd be that bad to just mediocre. Yeah, just you, be you, you go to the eighth, I was, Yeah, I was gonna say ninth. Yeah, ni- yeah, exactly. And at that point, if you're if you're good or at least decent on the right day, you're gonna have a chance to win every game. But you could be wrong. Um, it would take. Matt Corral, I think, not only doing what he did last year, maybe improving on it a little bit, but also, again, having Ole Miss win all of its toss-up games, be that 9-3, and 10-2 team, then maybe, then maybe, because in the process, he might throw for 5,000 yards. Yeah, that uh, that is a distinct possibility. Hey, man, great to see you. Thanks. Yeah, man, good to see you guys. It's been too long. It has been too it's long. It's good to be back. If you wouldn't say no every time, it wouldn't be so long. I much. don't say no... Brian texted me when I had a golf tournament to play. And I'm I told him the biggest flex in the world would be sinking a putt for eagle while on the phone with us. But we know what would happen. I would be sinking a putt I'd miss a putt for triple bogey that's about 4 feet. But still might make for good radio. It would make for good radio. <laughs> Probably sweet. lose your FCC license, but it would make for good radio. Sports Talk Mississippi We'll will be back.
4: the Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Ridgeland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. Taking a look at your Monday afternoon commute? So far, no reports of accidents or congestion. But remember, if you see a traffic problem, please contact your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
25: COVID-19 has had a profound effect
15: on the workplace. As organizations adapt, R.J. Young is here to help. We provide the
10: key technology solutions to power your business while ensuring safety and productivity in the workplace.
15: Visit rjyoung.com slash COVID.
26: What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth.
6: Hey, there's hair
0: Our half off, half the
7: store sale at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry happens this Thursday and Friday only. Half of our store will be half off, with 10 to 39% savings on the other half during this first ever event. From rings to earrings, half of our store will be half off. With savings you can't afford to miss, now is the time to get that special piece you've always wanted. Half off, half the store, this Thursday and Friday only at DNS Diamonds and Jewelry, 144 Market Street, across from Amerigo in Flowood.
5: Gulf Seafood Outlet.
7: Fresh Gulf Shrimp.
5: Gulf Seafood Outlet.
7: Fresh Gulf Oysters.
5: Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive. 601-790-9407.
20: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. I was surprised the other day when I got a phone call asking if we sold guns. We sell
24: lots of guns.
20: We have the largest selection of firearms in this area, including over 100 AR-type guns priced from $599 on up. We also just got in a huge shipment of ammo, including such hard-to-find calibers as 380, 9 9mm, and 223. No limit on quantity and no inflated prices. Check out our website, RangeByJimmyPrimos.com, or like us on Facebook.
1: Real talk for real Mississippians. The JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. Communication system is a go. go. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly.
2: Welcome again Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm with you on this Monday afternoon. We're also broadcasting live on supertalktv.com, broadcast powered by C Spire. you want to be a part of the conversation, hit us up on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Uh it is Monday and it doesn't really matter what the Monday is Monday means it is time for winners and losers
8: All I do is win win, win no matter what
2: I'm a loser, baby. We got winners
8: We got losers Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser
2: What did you like from the weekend? What did you not like so much from the weekend? Let us know. We'll let you know what we thought as well. Uh, I'll hit leadoff here. A really likable Open Championship winner, Colin Morikawa. Is is there anything that you can say about him that's not positive? He's not always the best putter, but never mind that specifically. Orky, is he the... Is he the most likable major champion that we've had in a long time? Yeah, that um,
10: that post-round speech was really impressive. Really, really impressive. I mean, he's an impressive guy and a great player. And, uh, the future of American golf is in incredible hands. With, yeah. with him, now the two-time major winner, only 24 years old. Uh, Spieth is much better. Uh, I mean, he's playing really well lately. Yep. Brooks and Bryson, with all the feud, elementary, school, back and forth that they're doing, are two great players. Even Bryson, hating his driver and himself, is a major champion and playing at the highest level. But... We might need to start talking about those guys and focus on Morikawa, who, again, is a two-time major champion at 24 years old. You didn't even mention Justin Thomas, did you? I mean, Thomas is up there. The future of American golf is great. But Morikawa, if he keeps this up,
2: might be in the dead center of the entire conversation, kind of out of nowhere. You know, the the thing with Colin Morikawa, he is the best striker of the golf ball with an iron in his hand on planet Earth right now. He is a better-than-adequate driver of the golf ball. His driver's good. I mean, it's not like blow-you-away good. He's not as long as Rory, and but he's pretty consistent. And his putter is okay, but he hits so many putts close that he gives himself a lot of chances with makeable putts. It's, he's, he doesn't have to putt like Jordan Spieth, who makes a million 25-footers, because he hits it inside 10 feet so regularly because he's such a great iron player. And again, th- like even with Jordan Spieth, you can look at him and you go, "Eh, he, he's too goody-two-shoes, or he talks to his caddy too much, or I don't like how he talks about we all the time." It's like it's an individual sport, man. It's you. Like you can find something if you really want to, to not like about Spieth. You can be sick of Brooke and Brooks and and his meathead feud with Bryson. You can be sick of Bryson for being the mad scientist. You can be. You cannot like Justin Thomas because you're politically correct, and that's the thing to do. You know, whatever. I'm not is he sure. Not there's... Politically correct? I don't know anything about him. Oh uh, yeah, he lost his sponsor because he used a word that he shouldn't have used. Okay then. Um, and I just don't know if there's anything not to like about Colin Morikawa. So he is a winner by all accounts. Forky, you have a winner from the weekend. Uh, that was actually going to be mine. I really enjoyed. I stole it. I stole it. Yeah, I was yeah, hoping you right. let, let me go first. I was going
3: to
20: do that. All
3: right. I- <laughs> <He's> <laughs> like, oh, Colin Morikaw, man! What a great tournament he
2: had, huh? The golf was good. So, what would is what there? You got, Borky, is there anything else from the Open that stood out to you? Do, do you love that time slot as much as I do? Time slot's great. The uh, the takes, though, about the weather were
10: pretty, I mean, hard to fathom. I can't tell you the number of people that I saw say, well, Maury Cow was only this dominant because the weather wasn't bad. If the weather was bad, somebody else would have won. What are you talking about? Hey, what does that even mean? They all played in the same weather this week. If it would have been raining, they all would have been playing in the, in the rain. They all would have been playing in the wind. He was clearly the best player in the field this week. What are you trying to do by saying that the weather wasn't tough enough and so somebody else would
2: have won? I I can't figure that out. All right, so so answer me this. Why is it that, and I know it's a limited sample size, Colin Morikawa is the only one that we want to put an asterisk on when he wins a major. We did it last year at the PGA. Well, but would he have won if you had the pressure of crowds there? You know, you didn't have that normal pressure of, you know, 50,000 people on the property, and now it's, well, he won because it was 66 and sunny with a light breeze? How about he won because he hit frozen ropes that he dropped eight feet from the pin like butterflies with sore feet?
3: It's like you can't. He won because he played the best golf. Isn't that how everybody wins? doesn't make any sense to criticize
10: that. It's hard to fathom. I mean, it's not like he came out of nowhere either where people, like, just don't trust him. He was the number one amateur in the world for, like, three years running before he turned pro. Like, th- this is a kid that's been at the top of the sport for years. And he wins, and we try to figure out why it wasn't legitimate.
2: Hmm. Some of your uh, some of yours coming in. Um, one more winner for y'all's Yazoo All Stars. Advances one of two teams representing Mississippi in the Dixie Youth Nine and Ten Year Old World Series. Okay, very awesome. good. Loser, Bryson D. driver. That's from David in the six hundred one. Winner. The WWE for having fans, losers, the Suns for letting the Bucks win three in a row after being up two games to none. The pay-per-view last night was really cool. The return of John Cena, that place went crazy. Borky, what if I said loser Giannis for missing a free throw, winner Giannis for catching a dunk and flushing it to win in a walk-off?
10: He, the things that he's doing right now are so physically impressive.
2: I mean, Giannis
10: is obviously much taller and longer, but like the way we talk about DK Metcalf on a football field, yeah, where like he does things where you're like humans shouldn't do that. That's Giannis in basketball. Humans should not, at his size and length, be able to be as athletic, and physically dominant as he is. It, it, he's had an incredible series. The Bucks are just more mature and more physical, and that's really wearing down Chris Paul, who's. Get a little bit older and Devin Booker who's been good but not good enough in his first run like this as a young player and Ayton, it just cannot compete with the athleticism of Giannis the, the team that's more physical and, and younger is dominating here
3: he's putting up the same kind of numbers that Shaq did in the playoffs that's all you really need
2: to say Mike in Oxford says losers anyone who call the British Open the Open Championship do you see Dustin Johnson, uh, in in the pre-tournament press conference,
10: apparently the the British media cannot stand when Americans call it the British Open. They, they can't stand it. And so somebody asked Dustin Johnson what he calls it. He's like, oh, I call it the Open. I, I mean, I guess growing up we called it the British Open. And a follow-up was, well, what if we started calling it the American Masters? And DJ goes, you can call it that if you want. <laughs> You don't like it. Try winning yeah. a war
3: 250 yeah. years ago, buddy. Uh,
2: who is out here glad handing in the middle of the show? I'm sorry. Uh, space Jam. Big loser. <laughs> Winners. Oh, wow. That's a long one. I don't know if i got time for that right this time. Nah, no, that's a lot of politics. All right. Um, Can I, I drop tense. a
10: loser in here? Is there uh, there yes. may not be time. Uh, the, yeah, the loser
2: um, is
10: the Clarion Ledger. The, the Clarion Ledger uh, decided it was appropriate. Are you going to read the headline? Don't do it. Um, uh, sure. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'll read the headline for you, and then I will tell you what was included in a screenshot in a newspaper article. <laughs> and we're up against a hard break, and sadly, uh, it may run out of time here. But the headline was, this is the Clarion Ledger, remember, a, a used-to-be-thriving newspaper. Old Mrs. Lane Corally. Kiffin bats down Twitter rumor that he got cheerleader pregnant. Now, here's what was included in the article, a newspaper article. It, it's a, it, it's an embedded tweet from two random Mississippi State fans. Okay, no, Nobody of record, not a journalist, or even air quotes journalist. Random people online. This was included in an article in the newspaper. Mississippi State fan number one, Josh. I heard Kiffin Dunn knocked up an ex-Ole Miss cheerleader whose father just so happens to be an Ole Miss professor. Follow-up in the newspaper article from random Mississippi State fan number two. Kiffin got 24-year-old female A pregnant. Of course, Ole Miss was trying to keep it undercover, but female B, who is possible student from my understanding, is also sleeping with Kiffin, found out and put it on blast. That is what a newspaper decided to run in an article What's going on up there? The irresponsibility of that. See, that's not incompetence. Incompetence is not putting out a commemorative edition. Incompetence is calling Chris Limonis a starting pitcher. This is intentional. It's strategy now for a... And that's just pathetic. And that's coming from a guy that slept through most of my journalism classes. Even I know that's wrong.
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to seabrookpaint.com. Showers and thunderstorms likely today, high near 87 tonight. Showers and thunderstorms as well, low around 72. Your Tuesday, 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 86. And for your Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms likely under partly sunny conditions, high near 89. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard Dealer in Brandon.
25: In America, the future
18: belongs to everyone. So we built the SUVs and trucks of the future for everyone. Like Explorer and Expedition, SUVs built to command the road. And the 2021 F-150, smart, tough, and built to get the job done. Because the vehicles of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Drive one at your Mid-South Ford dealer today.
5: Buckle your chin straps because football is right around the corner and that means SEC Media Days. Join the boys of Sports Talk Mississippi Live July the 19th through the 22nd as they break down all the SEC teams and coaches for 2021. Interviews, insights, and much, much more with Sports Talk Mississippi from SEC Media Days. Sports Talk Mississippi Live at SEC Media Days is brought to you by our friends at Colony Wine
14: Bistro, Prassel Lumber, Pinnacle Motors, Tico Steakhouse, and Baroni's Tree Pros. Integrity, honesty, contractor pricing, and statewide delivery. That's why contractors count on Prassel Lumber Company in Ridgeland. The whole staff at Prassel Lumber have years and years of building industry knowledge. So you get your questions answered right the first time. They can supply all your job needs, large or small, from structural and framing to plumbing, all the way to finishing. Remember, if we don't stock it, we'll special order it for you. Come by Prassel Lumber on Highway 51 in Ridgeland today. And be sure and like us on Facebook. That's Prassel Lumber.
16: I'm Stephen Gagliano, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The head of the Mississippi Community College Board has stepped down. The board has accepted the resignation of Executive Director Dr. Andrea Mayfield, who had served in the role since December of 2015. As the board begins the search for a new leader, Kel Smith has been named as the Interim Executive Director. Smith has been with the board since 2008 and currently serves as the Director of Communications and Legislative Services. And former First Lady of Mississippi, Elise winter passed away over the weekend at the age of 95 this comes after her husband william winter who served as governor from 1980 to 1984 passed away back in december elise is credited with playing a key role in winning the support of the public as then governor winter led an effort to overhaul mississippi's public education system this effort culminated with the passage of the educational reform act in 1984 during a special session stephen gagaliano supertalk mississippi news What we're gonna do right here is go back. And now back to-
1: Back to the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Media days, and happy to visit with our friend Matt Muscona, Richard Cross, and Brian Haydad with you on this. What is today? It's Monday. Monday. It's Monday. Day, one, it's day of one of SEC. Got yeah, a long way to go. I'm not buddy. supposed to be come doing on, the what Richard, day is this today? on Monday? Well, come on, man. <laughs> What's up, man?
27: Uh, I'm I'm actually happy to be back. Uh, sometimes this week, no no one should feel sorry for us. It's, we talk about sports for a living. It's a, it's a really good way to pay your bills, uh, but sometimes this week can be a little bit of a of a grind but I'm missing it last year. It's, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder sort of thing. I'm, I'm glad to be back and see a lot of familiar faces and, to have the opportunity to really have a ramp up to a, a full, hopefully normal college football season.
2: Yeah, I've never had a lot of sympathy for the cynical people who are like, "Oh, it's a circus." Well, okay, don't go. <laughs> don't go. Stay, stay home. It's okay. okay. Yeah, uh, nobody's going to get mad at you. Don't yeah. show up. You
3: can uh, you can go to the beach for four days. We, we sit in the air conditioning talking about football, and then afterwards we're all going to have
27: some beers with our friends. <laughs> Nobody should feel sorry for us. Isn't that the best part about this week? It's like I tell I tell my own all the time, like this is basically an excuse for the print media who sit up in the main room and have. Every guest, every coach, every player come to them. Yeah. Like, you sit there, they talk to you, you write stories, and then you go drink on the company dime. Like, it's a great week for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Radio Row, we're the hustlers. We got to go run and get every guest we get. Yeah.
2: That's how it goes. It and uh, and we've got Matt Moscona from ESPN Baton Rouge. Um, you said something a second ago that I think we're not talking enough about, how it feels like it's supposed to, the normal ramp up. You get through the 4th of July – you get to media days. There's a week off. Camp starts, and then it's like this sprint to December. I'm, it,
27: it, and we're we're still so close, but it feels still removed from 2020. And remember, we didn't even start the season's in October. You know, it, it's some of that stuff that, like, you you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have like you blocked forget, that out of you forget, your mind. Like, you played to the end of December, and it was it was such a bizarre thing. I mean, I. I commend everybody with the league office. Uh, I know Greg Sankey said so many times last year, we're building the bridge as we cross it, and it felt like that. But they were, as a collective in the SEC office, they were determined to play the season and to find solutions. And not everybody was a year ago. And the SEC was, and they led the charge. This is way more comfortable. And I know that a lot of the conversation today is still about a COVID variant. And we saw in the College World Series with NC State that, you know, uh, their season unfortunately coming to an end. I think it's a reminder that there's still the possibility that things could could change or be affected throughout the course of the season. But the other thing, when you just look at an on-field standpoint... I mean, last year teams didn't have spring football. New coach you know, Mike Leach is fascinating because, and, and Kiffin as well. But Leach came in to ran this whole new offense had no spring football to ramp up to it. Uh, new players, new system, new new everything that was so counter. Like, what's it going to look like now with, as we say, like a normal lead up with a full spring, with an off season workout, with a traditional preseason that everyone's accustomed to. I I think you're going to see some teams make extraordinary leaps this year from a year ago because of that, because fitting into that normal is going to make them more comfortable. Is LSU one of those teams? It better be. Um, It better be, because losing five games in in Baton Rouge, especially with all the other ancillary things going on around the program, it's a very negative situation. Um, I think LSU is a team that is talented enough to win any game on its schedule, except maybe in Tuscaloosa. But I also think that they're disjointed enough in spots where it wouldn't surprise me if you said, hey, hey LSU's going to lose in Starkville or LSU's going to lose in Oxford or LSU's going to lose at home to A&M or Florida. Like, none none of that would surprise me. It, I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the, to the, the, the point spreads, but I mean, LSU is going to be within a, a field goal in probably five or six of its games as yeah. far as the points. Card. I mean, you're talking about half of your
2: schedule is going to be a coin flip. So, so we did the – I was talking with Barrett Salee about this earlier. We did the whole best case, worst case thing on Friday afternoon. Like, if everything goes right, best case, I had LSU at 11. I agree. If everything goes wrong and it explodes, he eh, could win four or five. Five. Um, yep.
27: And I have no idea. There is no there is no team in the league with a greater variant than than no. uh, of success and failure than LSU this year. It's just they're. It, it, is it because it, of the other
2: stuff though? The, what do you mean? I mean, I, so I've described LSU look kind of outside looking in. It's like it's a powder keg, and you, you've got the Ed Ogeron element, and the staff turnover, and the Title IX investigation, and the NCAA investigation, and a team that. At times, looked like it mailed it in a year ago. And, you know, how's Ed going to push the buttons? Because two years ago, he pressed all the right buttons. And last year, it was a disaster. And so we're sitting there, and if the spark comes, it might just blow up spectacularly. Yeah. But if they're able to avoid the spark, they may be in Atlanta for the SEC championship game.
27: I I think that's very well stated. I think there are – this LSU team has so many questions still. Like, for example, the offensive line. You were going to return all five starters. Now you just lost your left tackle who transferred to Kentucky. But you're returning four or five starters. And you would think, man, that's awesome. Continuity, veteran players. Well, you returned four starters from a line that was awful a year ago. Are you better just because they're back? I don't know necessarily. Those guys have to improve. I would say the same about linebacker. I mean, LSU had linebacker in safety last year was as bad as I've ever seen LSU be at linebacker in safety. It's not hyperbole. LSU allowed 35 points a game last year. That's the worst in the history of the program. Like, You've got a lot of guys back at those two positions, but are you any better? So they're going to answer in the affirmative to some of these things. Like, is Durante Jones going to be a good defensive? Core? Well, could it be worse than Bo Polini last year? Probably not, but Durante Jones hasn't been a defensive coordinator since 2009, and that was at the Division II level. Let me remind you, in 2009, that was two years before <laughs> LSU and Alabama played a 9-6 to ball game, something that feels like a completely different universe in college football. So, yeah. like, can that guy call a defense in the, maybe? Jake isn't has never called an offensive plays of the Joe Brady tree. Will it work? Maybe. So, you have all of these questions, and, You know, generally if you just split the difference, I think what's gonna happen is some of those things are gonna answer affirmatively and they're gonna be awesome. Some of those things aren't gonna work out great and it's gonna cause them some problems. And And so they win eight or nine. I think I think not what I've said is nine and three. I think LSU loses at Ole Miss, I think they lose at Alabama, and I think they go two and one in their home games against Florida, Auburn, and A and M. I think they probably lose to either Florida or A and M at home. So I I think that's how L S U ends up at nine and three. And I think nine and three Provided the Title IX lawsuit and everything going on off the field around LSU is resolved That's okay this year. Maybe not, Richard. Like it's. Oh, I, I mean, I. Oh. I don't think people really understand the severity of what happened. And what is still looming? You were talking about the U.S. Department of Education is investigating LSU. You were talking about multiple lawsuits. When, okay, when did
2: when did that set in for people? Because hey, Dad, we'll vouch. We, we were talking about this early on, and when the Title IX started popping up, I, I remember saying. Hold on. We're we're talking about we're headed in the direction of an investigation from the United States Department of Education. That's the USDOE. And I mentioned that to somebody that covered LSU at the time who who was like a good reporter and like, yeah, I don't know about that. I was like, no, no. Do you realize? So when did it set in for whether it's people that cover LSU or LSU fans or administrators or coaches? Oh, I think they're sleeping. Well, from fans and
27: you know, maybe some people that cover the team, maybe they still don't fully understand the severity of it. Because uh, maybe it's just sort of the, the cynical nature of this where we just assume people in high positions are going to get a pass. I mean, generally, that's right. I mean, coach or player, great athlete, like something pops up, oh, it gets brushed aside. Like, this isn't that. Like, this is the United States government, the Department of Education, that's investigating your failure to properly handle allegations of sexual assault and rape. Like... This is so far beyond, and, and not once. Yeah, right, this was pervasive behavior over a decade under both Les Miles and Ed Ogeron. Like, this is very, very, very severe. Like, I, I don't, I don't think people really understand outside some in Baton Rouge and around us, but even beyond, like, just how how sincere this is. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it it's absolutely a situation where you have decision makers at LSU who who want change made people fired for cause including the head football coach right now now that's obviously not a, a, a unanimous decision which is why it's still in place but that sentiment exists and you throw on top of it another subpar football season and now you have that snowball rolling yeah. Derek Stingley Jr. um so that was a weird transition. I'm sorry. I didn't really give you much of a No, transition. it's
3: okay. I just, I just It's that's a weird way. situation down there, though. I mean, it's the way it has to be. You go from football to the U.S. Department of Education, back to football.
2: Well, and I don't know that we've got time to uh, fully. Let me let me throw this out there, and we'll take a break, and then come back and talk about it. I think Derek Stingley Jr. last year was an All-American in reputation only. Okay. First-team unanimous All-American got a chance to, what, match Tommy Casanova is the only guy that's been a, a three-time first-team All-American at LSU. Yeah. Do we get freshman year Derek Stingley Jr. in this junior season? Matt Moscona will answer that question when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming on supertalk.fm, online at supertalktv.com. Glad to have you along from SEC Media Days.
4: Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you. In Richland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. Taking a look at your Monday afternoon commute. So far, no reports of accidents or congestion. But remember, if you see a traffic problem, please contact your local law enforcement. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop. The best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217. This portion of Sports Talk Mississippi is sponsored by Coleman-Taylor Transmission, servicing Central Mississippi for over 60 years. Their ASE certified technicians offer dependable transmission services, a warranty, and record services. Call Coleman-Taylor today for all your transmission needs.
19: I'm Dr. Micah Walker, founding physician at New Care MD.
0: rogers dabs chevrolet is a proud sponsor of ole miss sports new chevrolet's great pre-owned vehicles and excellent fleet department all backed by an award-winning service department that's rogers dab chevrolet crossgates brandon or rogersdabs.com it's the first day of the
4: first grade and she found a new best friend
9: it's a lay-back The bluebell and good friends gathered round.
7: The good old days are being made right now. Dip into our new coconut cream pie ice cream. And imagine being stranded on a deserted island. Rich coconut French ice cream. Flakes of coconut, tasty pie crust pieces, and a whipped topping swirl loaded with toasted coconut. You won't want to be rescued.
9: The good old days. Are being made right now. the good old days are being made look for
0: bluebell Bell ice day. cream at all Kroger stores and all fairway food locations.
1: What's happening in Mississippi politics and what it means to you on the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Weekdays 10 to 1 on Super Talk Mississippi. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Here, Sports Talk Mississippi.
8: You like this show, huh? Yeah!
1: Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Continuing our conversation with Matt Moscona from ESPN Baton Rouge. If he was talking to us on the phone, it would be on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. So I set it up before the break. I said Derek Stingley Jr. was an All-American in freshman year reputation. There's no question his freshman year. his best cornerback in the country. Yeah. Last year, some injuries, missed a couple of games, didn't have a single interception, You can try and tell me it's because nobody threw at him, but I don't think that's entirely true. That's a big part of it. Part Uh, of it.
27: That's why Elias Ricks did on the other side. And he was really good. And LSU's safety play last year was absolutely horrendous. Um,
2: And you think that hurt the corners or hurt Stingley in particular? Absolutely. Well... Disagree with my entire sentiment there.
27: No, but Liz, that's that's just a, that's a product of of awards in general. Sure. Listen, in 2019, Derek Stingley was the best defensive back in college football. Grant Delpit won the Thorpe, but in 2018, Grant Delpit was the best defensive back in college football. And you know, it's like a lot of times sure. it happened with reputation. The problem LSU had in its secondary last year was not Derek Stingley. The problem was. When Ed Ogeron brought in Bill Bush as a safeties coach, Corey Raymond, who was is forever the the the, the godfather of DBU, whatever you want to phrase him, he's the guy that all these guys want to come play for. They respect him so much. They, they split the safeties and the corners. Corey took the the corners, and Bill Bush went and took the safeties. And the way someone explained to me, it's like. Having an offensive line coach where the guards work together and then the tackles go work together and then they come together and they're supposed to make it—it just doesn't make sense. But sure, you had a disjointed mess last year. If you go go back and watch any LSU game, and you'll see guys with their hands in the air like what I—the complete lack of communication with Bo Pelini and his staff and the players was appalling. I mean, it was. LSU has enough talent, and Derek Stingley is the least of my worries on this football team. He's he's the guy, look, put he's changed from 24 to number seven. Just put seven on an island, and you're just going to cut half the field away and just be like, hey, man, you got it over there. We'll figure everything else out over here. I just, I don't, is there going to be a play where Devontae Smith, one hands in the end zone, leaping? Yeah, you want to know why? Because he's a freak show, too, and he made a great play. Sure. But are are guys going to routinely beat Derek Stingley? No, he's playing a different game than most. Yeah. We asked, uh, we asked Barrett earlier. We were talking about the quarterbacks, Max Johnson
3: and uh, Miles Brennan. Does it matter? Does it matter
27: who that yeah. guy is? Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. But it's, he said well, no. No, here's why it does okay. because those two guys st- uh, stylistically are very different. Miles Brennan has a better arm. I, I don't even think that that's debatable. Miles had, I mean, even last year, Miles had, has the best arm of any of the guys on the team. But Miles isn't... No one's going to confuse him for a mobile quarterback. You're not going to design plays for him to use his feet. Max Johnson is a great athlete. Uh, he's one of the best athletes on the team. You, you can utilize him in the running game. So it, it absolutely matters for what you're trying to achieve and what you want out of your quarterback position. So are, are they just trying to carbon copy 2019 the Joe Brady offense? If so... You know, Joe Burrow used his feet. They had designed sure. runs for Joe. Some of the biggest plays of the season, you know, they converting on third long in Tuscaloosa to seal the game was a, was a quarterback draw. You know, for Joe, Joe Burrow scored a touchdown in the National Championship on a quarterback draw. I mean, you know, that's that was a big part of that offense. And that's not something that I think Miles Brennan does, does particularly well that they would design for him. But I also think Miles Brennan's going to be the starting quarterback week one against UCLA. And if he plays well, he's going to keep the job throughout the year. The question is, can he play well enough to keep the job throughout the year?
2: Matt to ESPN Baton Rouge, last thing for you. Um, to me, the most impressive thing about Nick Saban is not winning national championships. It's the ability to keep continuity from year yeah. to year. He loses coaches. It's just kind of maybe a little minor speed bump. They have nine guys drafted, they just reload because they've recruited at an exceptionally high level. LSU is recruited at the same level, but or, or close to the same level. There wasn't the year to year continuity in coaching staff. Like new guys come in, and it just works out smoothly. Yep. And it didn't feel like the plug and play thing in terms of a bunch of four and five star guys, despite, despite there being a bunch of four and five star guys. Was that a one-year blip, and they figured out how to do that, or this rotation again of a bunch of new coaches yeah. and some players who are going to slide in? I mean,
27: that is the. I mean, that's the question for LSU. Was twenty twenty a one-off? And so, I didn't mean to like editorialize it's, there. No, no, to no. no. Of, I know what you mean. Um, but that is the, that is the question. And I, it can't. I'll put it to you this way: It can't be worse than last year. It just can't. Like the part of the issues that that sprung up a year ago started last summer and last summer our country went through an, an awful time of civil unrest and and that permeated almost every facet of life and LSU football was no exception and and they had major internal issues okay. player to player and player to coaches this is something I talked about a bit last year most people weren't ready to hear it now more people are talking about it and acknowledging it. There was a gigantic disconnect. LSU LSU players marched from the locker room to the
2: president's office on campus last summer without their head coach. That was by design. So that was Matt Muscona. A couple of uh, segments there. A lot of really interesting insight into what's going on in and around the LSU program. The expectations are high. The expectations are always high. The question is, will they live up to the expectations, or will it be a season that is more like last year? Five o'clock hour coming up, day one from SEC Media Days in Hoover. We'll be right back.
9: You're listening From to W. Man and Super Talk World. Mississippi, powered by you your street professionals at Delonie Street
1: Mississippi. 601-345-89.fm News.
22: I'm Rich Denison. The Biden administration says any increase in the country's inflation rate will be temporary.
4: Well, there's a projected increase in inflation this year. It's expected to come back down to about 2.2 next year.
22: White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says short-term coronavirus-caused disruptions in the supply chain are also expected as the U.S. economy recovers. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis says his state will challenge a recent court ruling allowing the CDC to maintain its rules that cruise ships can require only vaccinated passengers be allowed on board. DeSantis says he's ready to go to the Supreme Court. Five justices effectively said that the moratorium on evictions exceeded
5: CDC's authority, and I think you'd end up seeing this here.
2: Disney cruises are
22: expecting their first test cruise back today. Fox's Eben Brown, America's listening to Fox News.
0: Smith Marine has killer boat deals on sale now. Featuring Crest Pontoons and Suzuki Motors. Offering thousands of new boats right now along with Suzuki Specials. This is the best
8: time to buy your new or used boat. You'll never find a better deal. Smith Marine. 149 Harbor Drive, Main
16: Harbor Marina in Ridgeland. I'm Stephen Gagliano and you're listening to Talk Mississippi News. During the past session, lawmakers passed a bill expanding parole eligibility to certain non-violent and violent offenders. Tony Smith with the Mississippi Parole Board explains what impact this will Have.
12: It created new parole eligibles of 4,975. And for this year coming up, it's added another 1,800 just that we've got to, to hear over the next year.
16: Habitual offenders, murderers, human traffickers, and other select violent offenders are not eligible under the Reform Act. And Waveland police are mourning the loss of one of their own. Officer Katie Cash was involved in a tragic off duty traffic accident and passed away due to injuries sustained in the accident. Cash was a 33-year-old mother of two who had just graduated from the police academy on Friday. For more on this story, find us online at supertalk.fm. Stephen Gagliano, Supertalk Mississippi News.
0: Typically, we here at Keep Mississippi Beautiful like to share positive news with you, but not today. Litter is on the rise in our state, and we need your help. Please put trash in its proper place and make sure you aren't accidentally littering items from the back of your truck. Protect the road. Secure your load, because trash blows. Do your part to keep Mississippi beautiful. Learn more at keepmsbeautiful.org.
16: As the number of COVID-19 cases rises in Mississippi, Dr. Luann Woodward with UMMC says there's one commonality among many Mississippians which doesn't help.
20: We have a significant portion of our citizens in the state of Mississippi that have what we call comorbid diseases, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. And we know that those patients have a higher risk
16: of a poor outcome with COVID. Woodward said that's one of the reasons why UMMC is implementing their new policy that requires those who work or learn at the healthcare facility to either wear an N95 mask or get vaccinated. And the Department of Public Safety recently conducted an undercover human trafficking operation in North Mississippi. The operation took place in Lee County back on July 9th as state and local law enforcement agencies partnered to arrest eight suspects and rescue seven human trafficking victims. Stephen Gagliano Supertalk Mississippi News.
17: Medical Association presents the Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala. Celebrate the COVID-19 champions who have worked tirelessly over the past year to serve the people of Mississippi with nominees that include small, nonprofit and corporate businesses, education, community and military leaders as well as healthcare professionals. The Healthcare Heroes Awards Gala presented by the Mississippi State Medical Association on August 14th at 7.30 p.m. at the Jackson Convention Center. To get tickets or become a sponsor, go to msmaonline.com slash hh21.
20: To all the folks in the Capital City metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, 6 till 9, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk Mississippi 97.3.
1: Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. It doesn't get any better than this. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Start at the 5 o'clock hour. It's time for the college football fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built for Tough. Get behind the wheel of the 2021 F-150. Smart, tough, and built to get the job done. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad with you from Radio Row. Hoover, Alabama, day one of SEC media days. Michael Borky along as well.
21: And Peter Burns
2: from the SEC Network jumps in before we get to the football You're stuff. You're so good
21: at this, by the way. Thanks, man. Like it's just so silky smooth. Like when I, when I grow up, I want to be Richard Cross. I mean, that, like is, that was ridiculous. Like just hey, I mean, it was just like the perfect inflection. Like I'm just along for the ride. Bro, well, we always do that, Brian. But but no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> on yeah, Hey, oh, no, listen. He paid me 20 bucks to say that. So. I believe that. There we go. <laughs> it's
2: Cross money. Uh,
21: yeah, of course. Have you uh, have you paid off the tab? At uh, been five twelve yet? Uh, no, um, the cheese fries though have uh, that's what's costing me so much. Hey, what I was just talking to Larry Templeton Ben six twelve, been six twelve. 612. 612. I'm sorry, yeah. 612? Yeah, 512 You're would have been a hundred. Yeah, if you've been five twelve, that would have been uh, Austin, Texas, uh, that ah, area there you go. So So um, I was just talking to Larry Templeton, of course, in the league office, and he's such a, a, a Mississippi State guy and, and back in the days, and and just I, I told him, and even reliving that gave me goosebumps bumps like just that run that that state had the fans that were out there and just to see what that title meant to that fan base was just super cool so we did the show
2: the friday of the national championship parade when, when oh okay yeah, yeah yeah we did it on yeah. the patio oh. right outside of 612 it was i oh, listen super cool.
21: I, I i told the sec network i'm like send me like sent like legitimately send me of go play golf. Well, yeah, I want to go play Mossy Oak in Waverly, but I mean, <laughs> however, <laughs> but there's a parade in too, between. So let's go. I would have done the parade. I mean, you yeah. know, to pay it off. But I mean, yeah, just it looked it looked as as awesome as probably that run was, especially for that state fan base. So I think we're all excited to have football season back. And, and
2: hoping that there are no speed bumps between here and there, but feeling like what it's supposed to feel like. So what mm-hmm. are you most excited about with this upcoming season?
21: Um, I, think, I think having the, the tailgating experience, just the fans there, I think that's what I probably did not know I was going to miss as much, about the fan experience and seeing just, the surrender Cobras in the crowd and just the crowds going crazy when things happen good or bad about how much that adds to sports you know when you don't get an opportunity to see it whether it be NBA or Major League Baseball or especially college football about how different that was I mean I I was lost in a fog all last year for the the games like I watched them I worked them but if you ask me right now hey remember this game I don't know if I could tell you because it all kind of felt not going through the motions but it just didn't feel the same as every other year and I think that's Why this year, it's kind of funny. Every year we think of Media Days, like, all right, yeah, we'll be down in Hoover and we'll ask these questions, stuff like that. And like everybody, you know, this year it's like, hell yeah, I'll be there. Like, I can't wait for Media Days because. You know, frankly, we missed it. And it's a big class reunion as we get to talk ball this time of year. I said more of a fraternity reunion. I think, yeah, that's fair. back at the house and just hanging around. There'll be a lot of beers drank later and bad karaoke.
2: I'm an
15: alum. (laughs) There is this weird
2: weird deja vu because every year I come, I pull in the front gates and then go down to the second parking level. I'm not as big time as you, valet and all that good stuff. So go to the bottom parking level or the... Whatever B one is, parking about the same spot, yeah. walk through that same steel door and up the elevator to Walker. I'm like, it's just. It's normal, it's but it natural. feels normal, it and, does. I think, and I
21: think that's, that's, that's all we want is like for things to feel normal again. And I think, I think that's why the biggest thing to cut through today in media days was what Greg Sankey said. I mean, that was a powerful speech that he had, and talking about listen, only six of the fourteen schools have reached that threshold yet. Um, and I've talked to some coaches, and, and they realize that like, listen, the league has pretty much said we're not, we're not doing what we did last year. Yeah. Like, you have an opportunity, and if your team and your players choose not to, that is absolutely their right but then it's going to be probably not necessarily the sec's right but all of college commissioners to say we're, we're not going to reschedule things we you have an opportunity to you know not have to do this testing if all of your team is registered these thresholds and i think it's kind of shocking that not that many teams have are up on the threshold yet and and it's interesting to me that you know like
2: old discipline conversation you can either use a carrot or the whip yeah and they're kind of going with the carrot route, but it may end now. up feeling like the whip. Like, look, I mean, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, you just get to live life as normal. And if not, and I think we're going to see mm-hmm. in the next two weeks to a month
21: as camps start, I think we're going to see schools throw incentives out for players. Yeah, I, I am interested to see that or is it going to be the opposite of the fact that i mean if you look at kind of the numbers that are starting to spike everywhere right now like it won't be necessarily and again i i talk about this to a certain extent because we've we talked about it so much over at ESPN and SEC Network and, and about it's not necessarily how many of the cases are out there is how bad this gets like the hospitalizations and that's yeah. really what was you know such a sticking point last year of hey there's there's real things going on sure. in, the, in the health community you're just gonna play football and so that's I think that's the big thing it's like this thing's not going to go away so how can you make it safer for everybody? And I think the players now are understanding, hey, if you want to get on a plane and go to this road trip and, and, and be able to play, you're probably going to have to be vaccinated. You're not going to get that opportunity. And that's, that's a decision they're going to have to make. Yeah. I mean, I think that's
2: where this ends up is at least for games not in your home stadium. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that if they're, we're going to ultimately see players getting on airplanes with their team if they have not been vaccinated. Well,
21: and I think about, you know, as well too. LSU's first game of the season, UCLA. Yeah. How yes. do you think that's going to work out if Much you're going different. to say you're going to have, "Hey, we got 75 guys that are unvaccinated. We're going like and I don't know what those numbers are, but I'm pretty confident that that LSU or anybody that has an early road trip that's going to say, "Listen, hey, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. If you want to be on this on this team plane, we can't afford not to be in, in in a situation like that, so let's talk about LSU. That's team you Perfect. heard something about.
13: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think they're sort of the
3: featured team today, and obviously, you know, a lot of reasons for that. Where is LSU for you right now? What was the outlier? <laughs> was 2019 the outlier, or was 2020?
21: Um, you, you know, like whenever I was a, I was a kid, I used to get I, my dad would go on these road trips working in chemical engineering on these plants, and he would always bring me back something. A lot of times, you bring back a yo-yo, and I, for whatever reason, it's a yo-yo is what LSU football is right now. Like I have no idea if it's at the bottom, it's doing really cool things, or it's at the top where it's all tangled up. Like that's that's where it's at, and I don't I don't know if that team kind <laughs> of knows where it's at. I tried, and that's I mean. Listen, I'm not that... Uh, you look at me. Could you? Uh, you think I'm that coordinated? Look, I, I, I could know. get it to roll along and then
2: jerk back up. But no, I could never do like the little swing it through the... Uh, no. I, I don't know who did
21: anyway.
11: Uh, who I who did all, all that stuff.
21: Yeah. Enough yo-yo talk. <laughs> but but what, th- what I look at that is... Um, I have so many question marks because the talent level is there. My bigger question, and everyone's making a big deal out of it, is it going to be Max um, Johnson or is it going to Miles Brennan? I don't think it matters. I think the bigger question, because I think they're both that's, about that's the That's like same. a poll
2: question now.
21: We talked to Barrett yeah. Silley about that today. He said he doesn't think it matters. Talked to Matt Moscona.
2: He said it absolutely matters because the styles are different. Yeah. And then you come into it, and you're like, no,
21: yeah, I don't really think it matters. Well, the reason why I say that, and maybe it's not so much as I don't think it matters, is that I don't think that's the, what everybody should be talking about. I think the talking part of LSU football this year is that you've got two big time coordinators in Durante Jones that got hired and Jake Peets and neither one of them have experience as a collegiate play caller and I don't know how you have a successful season that's consistent and right off the bat with having guys who have never called plays on that level. Now, what the hell? Well, I know I've played NCAA football on Xbox and PlayStation, but when I talk to Gene Chizik's and the guys that have been there before, they're like, do you You don't understand how hard that is. Like, so Chiz tells a great story about how in some of his spring balls he would let one of the coaches call, call a, a series and stuff like that and he goes the coaches would come back to be like coach I don't want to do that anymore well, we're good like, I, I was freaked out in one spring series much wow. less calling it in SEC football right off the bat so that's my biggest question mark for shit which is pretty incredible it gives you a little insight as to how Special it is to have somebody that can get into that rhythm calling plays. And like what Dan
2: Mullen it's
17: does? Like, like
21: I'm going to, you know, he's no longer just the CEO, but oh, yeah, I'm going to call plays. Or what Lincoln yeah. Riley and, and, I mean, it's it's highly impressive what those guys can yeah. do. Um,
2: two minutes left. Give me the thing that you are most interested in about Ole Miss and the thing
21: that you are most interested in about Mississippi State. Um,. The thing I'm most interested about Ole Miss, I mean, it's so cliche, but what the defense is, is going to look like, it, it, it Like, just give me a heartbeat at that point. I know that's, again, that's the easiest thing to say. Um, but also I want to see if we talked about, you know, Levy in this offense. If, is Lane continuing to grow into that coach CEO role that he's trying to grow up in? And I kind of think so, and sometimes I, I, I feel that way, and sometimes I look at the Twitter account and other things, and I'm like, well, maybe not so much. He's not quite ready. But it works for him. Um, and as far as for state, I know a lot of state fans, listen, they're so punch drunk and maybe actual drunk on on the national championship, <laughs> which I would Still? Do, um <laughs> that this is such a fun year because you can have fun. But you go back and look at Leach's second year in Lubbock, At Texas Tech, a lot better. The second year that he was over at Washington State got a lot better. So I'm curious, almost like a showcase year for him to just put up a boatload of numbers, and that way he can get better recruits in there going forward. It's going to be fascinating to see. I just hope that I can be there in person to actually see it this year. It was so lonely last year at the studios. When's the last time you went to a game in person? National Championship, LSU. I mean, if that's the last game I go to, I went out a pretty went good way. Top. That was a fun one. I was there. Oh, also. It's just a, it was a crowning. And I see Clemson fans kind of crying on the way out just making me happy. Anytime the ACC doesn't do well, I'm in good shape. Thanks, as always, for your time. That didn't make air, right? The, the, no, it, it, went <laughs> out, it went out. Totally made it. Peter Burns, <laughs> Thanks, SEC boys. Network. That's your college football fix.
2: We'll be back to SEC Media Days. Ross Dellinger next.
4: From? The Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Richland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. That earlier disabled vehicle on I-55 Southbound has been cleared from the roadway, leaving a drive home relatively problem-free with no reported accidents or congestion. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217.
14: Integrity, honesty, contractor pricing, and statewide delivery. That's why contractors count on Prassel Lumber Company in Ridgeland. The whole staff at Prassel Lumber have years and years of building industry knowledge. So you get your questions answered right the first time. They can supply all your job needs, large or small, from structural and framing to plumbing, all the way to finishing. Remember, if we don't stock it, we'll special order it for you. Come by Prassel Lumber on Highway 51 in Ridgeland today. And be sure and like us on Facebook. That's Prassel Lumber.
20: Here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3. Sports Talk, Mississippi.
1: On Super Talk, Mississippi.
2: Back with you. Thanks for being with us. Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm from SEC Media Days, Hoover, Alabama. Coming to you from the Hyatt Regency, Winfrey Hotel, the malls out that way. There used to be a lot of stores in that mall, not nearly as many as there, uh, there used to be. You want to be part of the show? C Spire text line, best way to do it, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. If this were on the phone, it would be on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. But it is not. It is here in person. Ross Dellinger on day one is slamming Red Bull. He is sure to have arthritis in the future as he sits <laughs> there working, Monday, the, Ross. Uh, working that phone.
25: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's up, my man? Always. Good to see you. Good to be here. Good to be here. A lot better than, um, than last year, right, where we were just home. I don't remember what, what I was doing this year last week. Or this time last year, but uh, probably cooped up in my DC apartment, my 550 square foot DC apartment. Which this is this is better. That's cozy. Cozy. We moved a few months ago into a bigger place, thank, thankfully. But we were in the pan, for most of the pandemic, we were in the uh, nook. You know. Is it possible?
2: Well, I don't. I won't say is it possible. You still enjoy your job? Ooh. Most of it. <laughs> he had to pause. <laughs> What? I, no, I, no. I do. Um, okay, let's, let me let me give some context to what I'm asking. I, I think you're really, really talented. I think you too. do a great job as a reporter and somebody who digs and has got good sourcing and all those things. But I'm assuming if you rewind to when you were 15 or 16 or 18 or whatever and decided that you wanted to be a sports writer, you thought you were going to be covering hmm. sports, not pandemics and congressional hearings and all of those things.
25: Well, yeah, um, that's true. I tell you what, though, uh, uh, I have gotten it. I've gotten um, almost used to it. Uh, it's been over a year now, and uh, you know, Brian always asked me about you know we're gonna, when we're going to start talking to you about football. When I was at Big Twelve Media Day, I was on a radio spot, and um, they started asking me about football, like quarterbacks and stuff. And I'm going to be honest, I, I don't know what they're talking about. I, I, like, who? <laughs>
2: Wait, who is Spencer Rattler? Yeah,
25: what, like, what, what team? I, I mean, I, my focus has so been a year and a half, even through last season, um, outside of the upper echelon teams, my focus has been on all these issues. in. I've started to kind of embrace it, and you know, I'm um, I'm okay. I guess I need to, I need to start diving into um, Phil Steele's magazine <laughs> because uh, I've just I've almost separated myself probably too much from the actual football and players. I mean, I would have spent all of the spring and summer going around visiting teams, interviewing players and coaches, new coaches, writing those stories, writing the stories that I used to love to write, and instead I was. Tracking NIL news and college football playoff stuff, um, but part of me likes the the chase of doing that in, in in tracking the biggest stories in in college football that are not on the field. Um, I've I just kind of has it made you a better writer? It. A better reporter? Uh, yeah, a better reporter for sure. Um, you 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 can't rely on. Um, you know, going to stats and, and, uh, you know, going to the SIT to get an interview with a player and, you know, shooting around with a coach. The level, you know, the level of people you're talking to is a little higher. And so you need those connections and your administrators and commissioners and NCAA people. And, um, so it's helped me, honestly, and, and I kind of hate to say it, but COVID, the COVID year, because it felt like I was the only, one of the only college football people chasing a lot of COVID stuff. That that all of that stuff was coming from the AD level and the commissioner level, and that my network up there has broadened significantly. And so, uh, if
2: you ever go back to covering college football and you've got to do coaching searches <laughs> or whatever else, yeah, you got some. You got a, your Rolodex is better.
25: Yeah, it it is. And so that that has happened from expansion. Uh, or, or from the COVID to expansion to even even in IL, all those things are done not on the player and coaches level, right? They're they're done above, and so my network there has has broadened significantly, and it's it's made me it has made me be a uh, a better reporter. You know, I took the SI job to to write about players and coaches mostly, and write features and all this stuff. But now the the role college football, the the business that it is, it's drifted into a national beat writer role, where you, you're instead of a, a you know beat of a school chasing news, you're, you're chasing news and issues on the national level, which I've just kind of adopted.
3: So all these big stories, all these big issues you've covered, what is the biggest one that's changed college football in the last year?
25: Well, I think... Please don't co- say COVID. Oh, well, I was about to say, COVID is... is uh, I don't know how much going to change yeah. like, the sport of football and, like, how it's run and everything. I mean, I think it's going to change the world more than anything, just the way we do things and stuff. I mean, we're going to have more Zooms than ever. Like, that's not going away. Um, so, it, you know, NIL is, is I think, probably going to change football in uh, college athletics more than anything. And as I wrote about today, all of these issues together – uh, the Alston Supreme Court ruling, NIL, even playoff expansion, and obviously COVID—all of these issues together are creating a situation where, you know, the the NCA is is uh, not as relevant as it used to be. In significant governance changes are are on the way. But to get back to your question, the single most thing is NIL. I'd, I do believe that that is going to probably change the sport more than anything.
2: Visiting with Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated SI.com, you can read the story he's referencing from this morning on that website. Um, Greg Sankey is calculated, he, he doesn't. At least my experience is he doesn't accidentally say things. (laughs) And he can use a lot of words and not say anything if that's what he's trying to do. And that's, to me, what makes some of the quotes in the story that you had this morning so, like, um, narrative shifting. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it or not. He said some things that I've never heard him say or never heard him publicly intimate before.
25: Why? Why? I think the frustrations have reached um, a certain level for him. and, and I should say, uh, the way that story came together uh, involved a lot of the same issues we we're just talking about. Why I was on the phone with him, you know, four or five times the last few months. Uh, and it's uh, it's probably been three or four one-on-one phone calls with him over COVID, over playoff expansion, and during every one of those phone calls, sometimes unprompted he would talk about the NCAA and finally I was like okay I was gonna get you on the phone you know and we're gonna talk about the NCAA and I'm gonna write about your frustrations about the NCAA and he agreed um I mean that felt like a win there uh didn't it and and so um some of those quotes were from different conversations with him but uh but you know, I think his frustrations have gotten to a level, and it's frustrating on three accounts. Number one, uh, which he's talked about at length, is the enforcement, right? The the um, it, uh, infractions, you know, cases, and, and how they're dragging on so long. He mentioned it today, five years since the FBI stuff, and we still don't have cases resolved. Um, so the infractions, number one, um, enforcement. The, the number two is the policymaking on the... The governing side of it, um, you know, 350 Division One schools—they uh, all represent. They all have basically a representative on on committees who make rules for all of them to abide by, pretty much. So they're. You know, you someone said to me, University of Florida Athletics is is um, following on the same policies as Fordham. Like, you know, University of Florida makes $150 million a year. Fordham makes $20 million a year, whatever. Why is that happening? And we've seen the fissures in the NCAA, that governance model. Really, we've seen the fissures come to light over the last year because of COVID in, in, in I.L., also, in um, in the big guys are going to have to start making their own rules, So he's frustrated with that. I mean, I have ads in the league tell me they want to you know they want to offer every single one of their athletes scholarships, full scholarships. Get rid of the equivalency. You know, Mississippi State in you know, Ole Miss is a great example of. You know, baseball programs that could (laughs) more than afford to give full scholarships to their baseball players. It's things like that. You know, the SEC in general could afford that. And they want to do that. And they can't do that a lot of times because, you know, they're, again, they're under an umbrella, whether they're they're outvoted by some smaller schools. So that was number two. And then I've lost my train of thought. I'm trying to think of the number three frustrating thing uh, from him is policy decisions, NCAA enforcement, and, um, Oh, maybe it was just the slow process of everything. That's what he's really been frustrated by, just how slow that <laughs> that everything has been, whether it's policymaking or enforcement. It's so slow. And one of the, the big, most, uh, to me, stinging criticisms he said was, um, you know, the Board of Governors has no transparency. And that's like, wow. You know? Yeah. And that's the top policymaking board in the NCAA.
2: You got time to hang for more sure. minutes? Ross Dellinger, Sports Illustrated, going to continue with us. We'll ask if uh, the question that Michael Borky asked, earlier in in the show today about why now in terms of oh we've got to speed investigations up and also what this means Uh, how how do we get from uh, really good sound bites to change is there a shift coming we'll continue this conversation with Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated at SEC Media Days in Hoover
5: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Showers and thunderstorms likely today, high near 87. Tonight, showers and thunderstorms as well, low around 72. Your Tuesday, 80% chance of showers and thunderstorms, high near 86. And for your Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms likely under partly sunny conditions, high near 89. This weather brought to you by No-Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No-Drip difference is all about. No-Drip Roofing and Construction, online at NoDripMS.com. Oh.
4: This is Allison Calloway. Since 1954, Callaways has been family owned and operated. Located in Gluckstadt, just south of Germantown High, Callaways has everything you need to make your yard and garden beautiful. From trees, shrubs, and color plants, to bulk soils for delivery and pickup. Callaways has special pricing on outdoor patio furniture with all the new 2021 collections in stock and arriving. Our farmer's market is open full of fresh fruits, vegetables, and local honey. And the best
0: Calling all college football fans, KLLM is unveiling to the public the 2021 Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, and Jackson State custom football tractor trailers. Thursday, July 22nd at the Embrace baseball game. Take pictures with your team's cheerleaders and mascots as you explore the trucks. Event gates open at 530 with first pitch at 630. Event details can be found at KLLM's Facebook page. Don't miss the college football event of the summer, July 22nd at Trustmark Park.
16: I'm Stephen Gagliano and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. During the past session, lawmakers passed a bill expanding parole eligibility to certain nonviolent and violent offenders. Tony Smith with the Mississippi Parole Board explains what impact this will have
12: it created
16: new parole eligibles
12: of 4,975 and for this year coming up it's added another
16: 1,800
12: just that we've got to to hear over the next year.
16: Habitual offenders, murderers, human traffickers and other select violent offenders are not eligible under the Reform Act. And Waveland police are mourning the loss of one of their own. Officer Katie Cash was involved in a tragic off-duty traffic accident and passed away due to injuries sustained in the accident. Cash was at 33-year-old mother of two who had just graduated from the police academy on friday for more on this story find us online at supertalk.fm stephen Super supertalk mississippi news
15: Go with the home team. Is your business or
26: home protected from power outages? Hurricanes cause widespread outages with some lasting days and even weeks. Don't wait for a hurricane to hit. Prepare today with a standby residential or commercial generator from Taylor Power Systems. Give yourself an advantage over power outages with a Taylor Power standby generator. Give us a call today at 601 922 4444
1: You can be a part of Sports Talk Mississippi. 888-808-8637 on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Things thinning out up and down Radio Row as we get a little bit deeper into the day. The activity for the first three teams has come to an end with Florida, LSU, and South Carolina wrapping up their day. Tomorrow, Georgia and Tennessee in the morning, and then Kentucky and Ole Miss in the afternoon on Wednesday. It's Mississippi State and Texas A&M in the afternoon after Alabama and Vanderbilt get things started. And then on Thursday, Missouri, Arkansas, and Auburn. We are continuing our conversation the guy who got a shout-out from the commissioner of the SEC during his state of, I don't know, college football, the SEC address today, Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. What was it,
20: Greg Sake, said to you today?
25: Yeah, he's uh...
20: <laughs> That's twice you made it take that breath. That's two times.
25: So, <laughs> so uh, back when I was covering LSU as a beat writer, specifically probably from the years of 2016 through 2018, uh, if you guys remember, uh, one of the big topics of to discussion and the big issues was alcohol sales in, in stadiums. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as an LSU beat writer, that was something that my, my readership, Uh, care deeply about right I mean it was a passionate topic and I wrote a lot about it as much as anybody in the league and every time I would see Greg it was something I asked him about you know for for multiple years in a row and there was one specific year down in Destin I think it was I don't even remember now but um, where I asked him about it he evaded the question in some way somebody else asked a question and then I came back and said so back to beer, and like you know, and I didn't, mean, I didn't even mean it as like the funny, and the whole room cut up, and Greg just looked at me like, really, Ross? And so I think he mentioned the thing, my obsession with asking about beer and alcohol is what. He, and then of course that year, or the year after that, the SEC lifted its ban on alcohol, which. As we all know, is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I and, and I've talked to Greg about it. I'm like, you got to understand, like, you know, where I worked, the the people there. I mean, that was a big, that was a big story. Basically, you know? the SEC wants to thank you right now. Yeah. for you, you made yeah. that happen. Yeah, that's right. There yeah, were a lot
2: right. of people that wanted a beat a abita strawberry when they were at uh, <laughs> you know, whatever that's you get right. your hands on, whatever you can get your hands on. Yeah. You yeah. your hands mm-hmm. on. Um, so let's go back to the story we were talking about earlier today. Um, What what does this mean going forward? So, so we get to the point where Greg Sankey is willing to publicly say, we got to do things differently. I'm frustrated with the NCAA. They drag their feet. They take too long. The enforcement process doesn't work. And oh, by the way, all of a sudden they don't know how to run championships.
25: yeah. yeah. So, what, what, but what rights. does that
2: mean going forward?
25: Well, it means that there's going to be a change, and and um, as Emmer mentioned last week, which has been coming for a while now, there's there's going to be uh, a governance structure change where the conferences, specifically the Power Five, will have more legislative authority to to uh, create policy. Um, in probably the bigger schools will. You know, be be uh, creating rules maybe for themselves. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if that that means they split off. You know, if the power, you know that's a big to- topic of discussion, or the Power Five just splitting off. Well, if they split off. They have to create a whole new NCAA. they had you know. So I think there's a place for the NCAA for everybody under the NCAA umbrella of the NCAA to run championships, still have its enforcement, but the governance structure, which right now is a bunch of committees made up of 350 Division One schools. Maybe you have a separate committee for the Power Five or they get more powers to, legislative powers to vote in more policies, things that they can afford. One of the things in that story, as an example I used and it's been discussed among SEC football coaches, is the NFL has the, the audio chip and the helmet where the coach yeah. can call the play. The SEC wants that. They can afford that. They have the resources for it. Other people in, in the NCAA don't want that or can't afford that. And so it's prohibiting the SEC from doing that. And they've even discussed on a conference level doing it just in conference games. So it's little things like that. But specifics, You know, the bigger, bigger thing is scholarships and offering more aid to athletes. So you think this
2: is the route that gets SEC baseball to full scholarships?
25: Yeah, I don't – you know, it's, I think there's 27 on a roster that you can offer – a to, I don't know that I ever see 27 full scholarships, but, yeah, but mean, maybe a, down the I mean, road. Instead I mean, of 11.7, yeah, you, you get, get to 18. Right, you get more, right? And then you have a situation, right, where um, you're having a championship tournament and you've got you know, Ole Miss who's offering 18 full scholarships for their baseball team playing a team that's offering 11.7. Uh, uh, and, and that doesn't seem fair. It's not fair. Uh, but there's some things now that that happen that way, uh, where you have schools that uh, there's certainly right some uh, Miac SWAC schools that do not offer full, you know, no, don't even get to the scholarship limit, yeah, and they compete in these championships too. So there's it's an equal footing right now. But I think the frustration now is the SEC is about to have so much money with this new TV deal that they want to pour the resources into into the the athletes and their aid and stop giving bonuses to coaches and constructing these crazy facilities and actually spend money on scholarships, specifically with sports that don't get uh, their due, I guess. That's actually an interesting byproduct. Do you think some of the
2: inflated coaches' salaries and the buyouts and whatever is a function of there's only so many places you can spend money?
25: Absolutely. It yeah, absolutely has been like that for a while. And by
2: um, the way, when you're a not-for-profit, you don't need to have... A whole big fat pile of money sitting in the
25: bank. You you don't. Um, in a lot of places, a lot of schools found out they should have had more money yeah, sitting in the bank <laughs> yeah. during COVID. But some did, like, you know, their spy, LSU, Georgia's. Um uh, there was some out west. I'm trying to think. Uh, I've had Washington, people say University that Georgia was the school that was more prepared for yes, this than they had bigger reserves. Yeah. Uh, they set aside money for whatever reason. They set aside money more. But you're right; a lot of schools didn't, uh, and they just poured the money uh, back into the facilities or coaching contracts or administrative this or that. Uh, well, the SEC wants to do give more educational aid uh, to to their athletes and and. Um, you know they'll they'll need to restructure policies to allow for uh, more scholarships. You know
3: what's what's the story that right now we're not paying a lot of attention to that maybe next year is the big story at this point.
2: He's not going to tell you
16: because he wants to write it. <laughs>
25: Collective bargaining, uh, athlete coming? collective bargaining. Uh, I I don't know that it's coming. I would have never thought of that. But then you talk to some athletic directors specifically in this league, and it's pretty clear that that is what they're bracing for in a lot of ways. They believe that's the the end of this nil stuff. Is collective bargaining is some kind of unionization with athletes and group licensing and all that. So is there a
2: scenario where that? Might actually end up better for the schools because they know it's going to cost X and not more than that. Like if you collectively yeah. bargain and you can budget for it's going to cost mm-hmm. us twelve million dollars, whatever that number is, we can budget for that twelve million, and we know it's not going over because we don't have to pay because we bargained
25: for this. Number. Yeah, and also there's um, without getting too detailed, there's there's some Tire Nine um, stuff involved with that. If you have a collective bargaining. Um, I don't. I don't know that how much Title Nine applies anymore. Oh. So there's, there, there's that's a whole another segment of, of this situation. But that is definitely. I, I think we're going to have a group licensing. Kind of already do, but but soon, with the video game and all that, jerseys, you've seen that. I mean, that's the immediate next step, but but collective bargaining is in the future. Just shake
3: off the video game. like That's not the most important
2: part. I know,
25: I know. Everybody wants to know about the video game. It's hey, 2023, I believe. Yeah. La-
2: last thing, I want to go back to the autonomy five-ish mm-hmm. powers where they kind of write their own legislation. There are a handful of schools that are not part of the autonomy five that would desperately like to be. Do you think there is a scenario where some schools who are right on the edge and financially could do it mm-hmm. would be given the opportunity to opt in to that particular group? And I'm thinking like a you know a UCF,
25: Houston, a Houston, yeah, right, a Cincinnati, right, right, yeah, uh, for sure. And right now, the way the autonomy powers work is uh, you know there are just certain topics that uh, the Power Five can. Can have, I guess, weighted voted where they can pass it. And the uh, schools right now can choose to opt in to those things. Okay. So they can do that now. The Problem is now they're the, the issues that they can have the autonomy over isn't as big as like scholarship, you know, stuff and scholarship limitations, which is obviously a lot more money. Um, and you know, the big, the big thing Greg has has now griped about for a while is is the whole COVID. Extra year stuff, you know. The Santa wrote about it in that story. But seniors, um, if you were a senior during during COVID, your your financial aid for the next, this this coming year does not count against the team, but everybody else's does. And he wants that. He wants everybody that was on a team during COVID not to count. Like everybody uh, should get one free year. Well, everybody well, did get one free year, but he wants those years not to count against the scholarship limit. Which obviously, there are a lot of smaller schools. You no know, way they could afford that. That's a, That's at some point you might have a lot of people on on scholarship not counting, and so that's one of the issues. I mean, they they just. You know, the bottom line is they they want to pour a lot more money into scholarships. I think, and a lot of smaller schools just can't afford to do that. But I think yeah, I see what you're saying, and they could definitely opt into it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and maybe even like as an outlier, let's say a Southern Miss can't yeah. afford to do all of the things, but there's an opportunity mm-hmm. for them to go to 18 baseball scholarships. Right. They might say, "Look, that's a spot where we want to take advantage." Just and then kind Tyler of timing comes to see. into
25: play there. But yeah, yep. It's complicated, uh, very much. Hey, really appreciate you yeah, no spending problem. some time with us.
2: Not a problem at all. Good to be on, Ross from Sports Illustrated. We'll wrap things up with you next.
4: The Venable Glass Traffic Center with two locations to serve you in Richland on 51 North and in Brandon at 209 Woodgate Drive, Crossgates. Locally owned and operated with free mobile service in the Tri-County area. Call 601-605-4443 for all your glass needs. That earlier disabled vehicle on I-55 Southbound has been cleared from the roadway, leaving a drive home relatively problem-free with no reported accidents or congestion. This update brought to you by Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Call Smith Brothers at 601-353-5217
24: mommy you know how you told me never to keep secrets yes
4: baby why i think you're keeping what i think you think daddy has no business
17: using tools around the house oh that's not a
4: secret he knows. That's why I encourage him to shop at Ace Fulton Screw. They help your daddy get the tools and fasteners he needs, and they give him great advice about his projects. Then why are you always on him about getting stuff finished? Well, there's only so much the guys at Ace Fulton Screw can do for your daddy. He sure is good at buying ice cream, though. And tools.
19: Ace Fulton Screw, Jackson and Gluckstadt. I'm Dr. Michael Walker, founding physician at New Care MD. We provide concierge medicine that everyone can afford.
11: Whether it's the perfect wine, a great whiskey, or a recipe for a cool cocktail, Colony Wine Market in Madison can fill all your beverage needs. We stock more than 1,700 wines and 150 whiskeys hand-selected by our staff from all over the world.
17: And just
4: a few steps away, Colony Bistro and Wine Bar offers craft cocktails, an entire world of wines for tasting, and a terrific Southern European menu that has led Colony Bistro to be named Fast New Restaurant by the Clary and Ledger. Visit us in Colony Crossing and see what everyone is talking. About
8: summer's here. Are you ready for a vacation? How about a vacation from your car payment? and credit approval is our number one goal. Bring us your trade. We'll give you a top dollar for it. So if you're ready for a vacation, then get to Ridgeland Mitsubishi for new payments for the entire summer. Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Dine Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi.
15: Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1795, 1999 down, percent for 84 months. You with approved credit. This is Jake Mangum for Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance. One of the most underrated attributes in baseball is determination. It's one thing to want to do something and another altogether to get it done. That's why I love the team at Farm Bureau. They get the job done every single time. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfdins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Bad internet is bad for business. We've all been
13: there. Lagging video chats. Slow downloads. Oh, come on. It's just not a good look. Instead, call Ceasefire Business. Our local experts deliver gigabit speeds backed by thousands of miles of fiber for the fast. Fastest, most reliable internet around. Period. No excuses, no apologies. Just fiber fast internet that works. Ceasefire business. See how our fiber solutions can help power your success at ceasefirebusiness.com. Arm yourself with everything you need to take on
1: your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk, Mississippi. Mississippi covering your Mississippi team with live reports from games and practices plus exclusive interviews weekday afternoons starting at three on supertalk.fm the supertalk Mississippi app and always live on your local supertalk Mississippi radio station
2: Back with you one last time. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Monday afternoon. Busy afternoon. Thanks uh, to uh, a number of guests for joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We talked with... Uh Barrett Salih from CBSSports.com, Matt Mascona from ESPN Baton Rouge, Peter Burns from the SEC Network, and uh, Ross Dellinger. I couldn't quite get P-Biter, Peter. Peter. Peter Burns. Peter Burns from uh, SEC Network <laughs> and Ross Dellinger from uh, Sports Illustrated. If you missed any of that and would like to go back and uh, check it out, uh, you can do so on the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast. It is free. It is available anywhere you get podcasts on-demand at supertalk.fm, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we also heard some uh, thoughts from uh, Greg Sankey. Hopefully we'll have the chance to uh, sit down with him and talk to him one-on-one later in the uh, later in the week. Borky, as we talked to Ross Dellinger, man, it felt like there's some layers to, to what he was talking about, and things are not going to necessarily be not complicated anytime soon. Yeah, which
10: is why we need different people handling these kind of decisions. It's appropriate. It's absolutely headed in an appropriate direction. And some people don't like that. You know, collective bargaining in college sports, well, that'll ruin your college sports. It probably won't. But it's necessary, I think, because the the current situation where the president of Mount Union University or Newberry College or whatever has an equal say to that of Keith Carter, or I guess I should say Glenn Boyce, the, the chancellor at old Miss. I mean, the, those things cannot continue to happen anymore. Baseball and field hockey and tennis cannot be run and decided by the same people that handle football. There's too much at stake. There's too much money. There's just too much anymore, and it has to be handled on an individual basis. So if it takes a CBA to get
2: there, good, because at least we'll get there. Uh, In the event that you have this autonomy, power, legislative authority, One of the things that Greg Sankey kind of pointed out was that, I mean, we don't need committees of 200 people coming together and everybody gets a vote and everybody gets, a, you know, their own little nameplate to talk yeah. into a microphone. If it's, if it's five people, if it's seven people, who are those people? Are we, are we going conference commissioners? Are we pulling select athletics directors from conferences? What, what's the, the way to go down that road? It feels like
3: commissioners is the right choice, but at the same time, I don't know. Those guys, a lot on their plate. They got a lot on their plate, and, and they—they're they're always going to—they're not going to. Are they always going to work for the greater good, or are they just going to work for their own good? So, I mean, you got to find somebody who's you know willing to, to to do things that maybe it's not the best for the ACC, but it is the best for college sports.
10: You separate them by division, and, and again, you have to handle each sport differently because Division One football has half the teams as Division One basketball, and then some but you have the the 10 conference commissioners that play division 1 football they all have an equal vote and say and they select a commissioner to handle college football they all they are the committee that well, decides who runs their sport and they are all involved in the decision making process with I mean in identity. But but when you say those ten
2: when when you say those ten, I mean that that's including all ten that are at the Division One level. What Ross was talking about though was the the autonomy five, which is the power five, with the ability to make rules that are best for them. And and I'm okay with that as well. I just I figured it
10: would it would take more to not include everybody that plays Division One football, even though the playing field for the power five and the Auto- or the group of five or whatever I just, I is, is a where different we're headed, playing though. field.
2: I mean I, I think that's where we're headed though, where we're I mean That's fine. Autonomy, power, call it whatever you want. I know different people like to classify that in different ways, but I mean I think the point is the folks that have got a whole lot of money want the ability to spend their money the way they want to spend their money. And they're tired of being told no. You got to do it this way, and they're about to force their way. It's a it's an interesting balance of capitalism
3: and socialism. You know, we got money and we want to spend it on whatever we want to spend it on, but at the same time, it's going to be unions coming together and sort of dictating the marketplace a little bit. Yeah,
2: yeah. I got to think on that just a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's that's not one you can just pop out a hot take for. Yeah, um, busy day tomorrow. Uh, Ole Miss will be here. Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, and Jalen Jones—the three representing Ole Miss. Mike Leach, Aaron Brule, and Austin Williams will be here on Wednesday afternoon. We got a bunch more interviews coming your way, and uh, obviously, plenty of time tomorrow on Ole Miss as they will take their turn tomorrow afternoon at day two of SEC Media Days. Thanks for being with us on this Monday. Hope you have a great evening. We'll be back with you tomorrow just after 3 o'clock. For Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Have a good night.